Hello everyone, this is ChemtrailLover64. I'm here with my friend Chemtrail Skeptic. Hello. Hi Chemtrail Skeptic, why don't you believe in chemtrails? Oh, it's easy. Chemtrails were made by President Obama for you to be distracted and not vote for Lord Trump, our two president of Argentina. Oh. Chemtrail Believer, do you have anything to refute? Yes. Whoa. Oh no. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Been played. I'm Rosin. I'm Antinomi. I'm Zach. I'm also here. So we brought Antinomi back on because uh, you wanted to be here, actually. No, I didn't. You fucking oh, gave yeah. Shut up. You're not, they're not supposed to know. That's what the chemtrails are for. Um. Yeah, and we just thought we'd talk about some things. I, I went through a renaissance of anime watching recently, actually. And we're partially recording because of that. We're also recording because the Switch is coming out in, like, oh fuck, less than a week now. Yeah, it's this week. And uh, this isn't related to the fact that we tried recording this podcast last week, and we decided to record it at 2 a.m. and end at, like, 4.30. And it totally didn't turn out like shit and we totally didn't scrap it because it was awful hey not at all never record anything starting at 2 a.m that's my life advice that i that i learned from that morning um nice. but yeah antinomi you're a guest what's what's new with the antinomi what, what's what's happening in argentina well right now there's like a festival outside my house we're like celebrating the new coming of Jesus or some bullshit. I don't fucking know. Okay. But like, there were some Mad Max Warboy drums going on when you. Yeah, were they're coming back. You're, they're gonna listen to them. Soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like the thing with this house, it's amazingly placed in this neighborhood. But every summer, these fuckers believe that I care about them celebrating something, you know, and they just play for a whole <laughs> month in front of my every night in front of my house. So I, I may go on vacation to present all of this. This is this is good. Yeah. So I to start my week, my my week. Oh my god, my my life. I guess until since the last podcast. You were reborn. I, yes, I was reborn. That's because I'm starting college again, and I finished college. But well, that was fast. I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I finished it. But I want like another major. I'm gonna get a major in photography after my major in critical analysis of audiovisual arts. That's what you say to the ladies when they ask you why you go to college instead of I'm a movie critic. But yeah, it's been fun. And now I'm. I did my introductory course, and I'm gonna be free until April, and then I'm gonna be from April to December doing college. But that's that's fun. But fuck that shit, video games. No, I I actually have a question real quick, because you probably know more about this than I do. Yeah. So, I I don't know how much I've talked about this. I have, like, a video recording job. Like, editing, recording, the whole shenanigans as an internship thing for one of the departments on my campus now. And I frequently need to ask for advice from both the journalism department and the radio, TV, film department. Um, For different editing stuff. And I think they fucking hate each other. I don't know if there's an industry reason for this hatred, but it piqued my interest. I don't know if there's okay. a difference between journalistic 
video editing and recording and like film editing and recording but i imagine there has to be something there. i mean yeah there is because when you edit edit like footage for a film you're trying to like make sense of the whole thing you know and give it like an artistic meaning well if you are editing something for more of a journalistic purpose you want to like highlight individual moments that are important for like the news piece you are doing, for example. Yeah. So, I mean, you should. I don't know what. I don't know exactly what you. But like, I think you should be going with the journalistic approach. Oh, I I respond to whoever the fuck answers my emails, which is actually usually some dude from marketing who has become my video production Obi Wan Kenobi. He hooked me up with a solid yes. tripod, actually. But um, yes. uh, yeah, I've honestly. I've been creating legit, like, how-to tutorial videos, like, hey, idiots, this is how you do shit properly on campus, stop fucking up, because, like, freshmen are really dumb. They are, man, especially, like, over there. They're not Because you you guys like to shelter your your children over there, so, hey. Man, I'm so glad I never had to dorm, because, like, I would have zero tolerance for that shit. Oh yeah, I'm same. I, I'm I, my wife did dorm for like a year, and it was like not the worst experience for her, but the worst experience for everyone living with her because fuck living with that woman. <laughs> but uh, um, that was just, yeah. I didn't expect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, don't know, I mean, you know, everyone has flaws. Like assisting <laughs> her is like one of her flaws, but like everything else is great out there. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it definitely sucks, especially over here because like those are like the most clandestine shit ever over here. Like you, you, you're gonna find like some guy selling drugs next to your dorm or some shit. Oh, this is fair. Um, video games, though. yeah, video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I bought for a sale finally the MC4 Special Edition. Um, Wait, you didn't have I, it. No, I have it for PC, but my PC run it like shit. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's right. You told me about that, actually. I just yeah, forgot. yeah, yeah. I just assumed because you're I, like, I played Devil May Cry 3 for 400 hours person, so I just kind of assumed. 400 hours, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. But, um, I, I bought it for day one for PC, and I didn't touch it because it ran like shit on my PC. But now it was on a sale for like $11. Fuck that number because it couldn't buy like a... $10 PSN card for it. But, like, it was for $11 on on a, on a sale that should be over right now, so sorry if you missed it. But it's it's good. I mean, it's more DMC4. So, the new characters are nice. I like Trish a lot. Trish is, like, really fun. Virtual is, like, Google Virtual, so you can complain about it. Um, I've been getting in the groove. DMC4 was always kind of hard for me because... Shump cancel. I mean, if you don't, if you wanna know what shump canceling is, is while the enemy is on the air, you can shump on the enemy to cancel any action, allowing for interesting combos. But shump canceling in the MC4 is way harder than in the MC3. And okay, because that was the thing that. So like a few months ago, I I, I was like, you know what? I really like this Devil May Cry Four thing. I want to get into that advanced cool shit I've seen the combo videos. Jump canceling? I, I And actually, so far, I've only learned how to do it with Nero and Virgil. The timing for both is, like, vastly different, and, like, it's weird. Like, it, 
I thought it would actually be easier to do, but like it's it's very specific. No, the thing with it is in DMC, the thing with DMC four is that the hit spheres. I mean, that's like the version of the hitbox they have for that game because they don't have like boxes. They have the enemies are spheres. Yeah. So the hit spheres for each enemy are like vastly different from each other, and the way the like the hit detection of the shop cancel collides with the hit spheres is like very different from DMC three. But the difference between those is like in DMC three you cannot shump cancel forever because there's like an infinite prevention system in that game. I thought you can bullshit through if you know how to, but like that, that it basically doesn't allow you to shump cancel forever. But in DMC four it's harder to do, but you can do it forever though. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which feels but, great when you actually land it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I also like you know, people on the combo videos like to slash jump, slash jump, slash jump, but there's like other uses for it too, like yeah. like doing your three slashes and jump when the enemy falls down so you're still in the air and stuff like that. But I I've been having fun with it. I'm kinda rusty, but I, I'm I'm slowly getting back into track. I, I haven't touched Dante yet because that's a fucking adventure and a half. And yeah, it's mostly but I'm happy because the version that I got got me all the DLC, you know? And it's, they just give you, like, the DLC gives you, like, enough Proud Souls to just upgrade all your shit immediately. Yeah. So I just did that and I just jumped into Dante Must Die, which was kind of rough, rough because um, you st- I, I, you start with the default health in there, but I managed to. Like, it's, it's kind of... Um, People don't, it's weird because people kind of like overestimate and underestimate how like hard like those games can be in Dante Must Die because if you know how to go around stuff, like you know how like if the camera is not showing an enemy, an enemy won't attack you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also one reason why jump canceling is really good and you'll see it a lot in combo videos is because in DMC4 and DMC3, there are some exceptions, but most enemies don't really have a way of attack upwards. That's true. So if you keep the enemies on the air while you combo, it's going to be like harder for your enemies to combo, to attack you. I mean, there are like exceptions like the, the angel guys or like the guys that like float around and you have to like shoot them for them to get weakened and shit. Those are going to catch you up. But yeah. It's fun. It's like it's DMC. I won't get too much into it because it can get really complex. So I also been playing Stardew Valley, and I should be playing that right now while I talk to you guys, but I'm not gonna do that. But I'm I've been enjoying the farming. I've been enjoying the wifeing. I guess not yet. I haven't picked my girl yet, but it's really good. It's a really good farming simulator. Like farm. It's not a farming simulator because no, fuck that shit. But it's like. It's, if you ever play Harvest Moon, if one of it's one of those games. Oh, also you fucking give me that. So hey, thanks you Rasen for giving me Star the World. Oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's been fun. I I like it a lot. Not much else to say about it. Hopefully, I can kind of play it forever. So it's like the old Harvest Moon in high school. So yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, there's other stuff I want to talk about it later. Yeah, Zach, do you want to go next or should I? Uh, I guess I'll go. Yeah, you Mine's don't have as much be... stuff to talk about on the thing, too, because I have a smorgasbord of shit. 
Well, I'll I'll be talking in the second half of the podcast. Don't you worry, guys. Okay. Um, I didn't really do all that much other than well, I did um mention last podcast that I got a PC, so I've been messing around with that um a bit. I bought a new microphone for it, which I'm using right now. I don't know how different it'll sound, but um, it I've been. Super Oh, thanks, babe. I've been doing a lot of the, like, Humble Bundle stuff, so, like, I just got the Civ Bundle, uh, Civilization Bundle, and, like, the Star Wars Bundle and that stuff, but the main thing I've played on my PC is Resident Evil 7. So, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, how, how much do you guys know about Resident Evil 7, personally? Um, Nothing, and I want to stay that way, but I can leave the call for a second if you want to talk about it. No, 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 I'm not going to talk about spoilers. I'm I just in like I'm just going to talk basic stuff. Yeah, only... I mean, I watched, like... Hey, sorry, go on, Russell. I was about to say, the only thing I ever see is every time I see anyone tweet about that game, it's them saying, man, I loved it, then I hated the second half, or man, I loved it, and the second half was even better. Okay, uh, there is a reason why people say that. Okay. <laughs> I know nothing. Uh, like I, I, I honestly, I, I couldn't even tell you the main character's name. Uh, it's Ethan. But oh, the, okay. The, Ethan the, must the, um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. There's a DLC. Um. So when I say there's a reason people say that, it's because again, I'm not going to get into specifics, but Resident Evil Seven. Just to put it up front, I loved the game a lot. It might be my favorite Resident Evil. Um, and just the reason for that. It takes, honestly, elements from all of them. And, like, the good elements from all of them. So, like, there are parts that feel a lot like Resident Evil 1, and there are par- there are parts that feel a lot like Resident Evil 4. And, like, depending on what you like from Resident Evil, certain parts of the game will speak more to you. Um, if you like the entire Resident Evil series, other than the bad ones, obviously, then definitely give this game a shot, because it's a really good modern take on the entire series. So if I want, like, a mix of Code Veronica and Zero, this is the place to go, is what you're saying. Sure. <laughs> you know Why not? Wants. Yeah, yeah. Not Resident <laughs> Evil 1 and Resident Evil 4. You know, Code Veronica and Zero. everything you love, it, it takes the perspective from the Chronicles series. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's a there's a mansion like in Code Veronica, and I'm sure at some point there are there handcuffs at any point. I kind of feel a little sick right now, personally. You have with the this T-virus, conversation, obviously. Uh no, I'm in E series. Yeah. Why are we talking about this when the latest Resident Evil movie came out? Did anyone see this? No, why would anyone watch the Resident Evil movies? Because they're obviously I mean, superior the to the game. I mean, the final chapter, so guess what? There's a stinger at the end of that movie for the next movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you ever, guys, have you guys ever seen, like, the fight scene with Wesker where he puts, like, a, like an alien hugger from his mouth? Yeah. It's pretty fucking stupid. <sighs> it's like Matrix, but made by five-year-olds. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. You know right. the story behind oh, hey, why those movies are like that, guys, right? Guys, 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 Argentina is coming. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. I hear it. Yeah. This is good. It's good. It, it's got that uh, horror atmosphere. Yeah. You know? Yes. Anyways, what, what was I saying? Um, no, so do you guys know why the Resident Evil movies are like that? I mean, sure, but what do you mean? Like, the, the main actress... The main actress who plays whatever her name is, 
Oh yeah, they're married. They're ma- yeah. is married to the director, and they just kind yeah. of made the movie series about her. <laughs> well, I like. I think they got married like in between the first and the second one, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna yeah. say the second one is kind of fun. I like. I is the like second this. one the one with Nemesis? Yes. I like that one because of how dumb it is, and I love Nemesis's character arc. If you could call it that. Yes. It, I feel like people's. People's feelings on the second Resident Evil movie will depend entirely on how much you were invested in the concept of it being a faithful adaptation to the video games. Oh, like, wow. I ain't sure you wanted... like a... yeah. sure that's a dumb action movie, you know? Also, the yeah, dude I... who plays Leon in those movies is the worst Leon, like, I've ever seen. He's bad. He doesn't look anything like him, but it's fine. Honestly, I I stopped watching those movies way before they introduced Leon and Chris and all them. I've seen. I don't actually know the ones I've seen. I've no. I see. I know I've seen one and two, and I I've seen a couple others past that, and just various scenes too. I've only seen two. You, you should They're probably bad. keep it that way, honestly. Yeah, honestly, one was okay, but kind of bland. I I do have a problem with that that actually Jim Sterling pointed out. The the primary killer of the people in that movie isn't the antagonist or zombies, it's a fucking laser hallway. <laughs> the highest kill count in that movie is from a laser hallway. That's well, absurd. You know. <laughs> it's a Resident Evil movie. It could have been yeah, like a looker or a hunter or anything else. No, clearly it established lasers as the primary threat of Resident Evil. That's why they added yes. them to four. Yeah. yeah apparently Man, that was actually that's... because of that scene, too. Yeah. Which That's, that's awful. Fine. But it's no, fine because great. it's cool in four. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Honestly, I just... Resident Evil and other PC stuff is all I've been really doing. I'm I'm laying low until March, so... Well, that's speaking me. of March... Oh. So I am going to not talk very long about this, but a game coming out in March in English that you all should, or I guess I should say Western release-wise, is Nier Automata, which also recently came out in Hong Kong and Japan, and is also totally in English. All you need to do is just go into the options and flip menu and uh, voice um, language to English, and everything is already localized for you as it would be when the game officially comes out over here. Um, and also, I tweeted out to Yoko Taro, like, hey, I'm buying your game twice because I wanted to play it early. And he was like, oh, thanks very much. And I was like, hell yeah. Thanks, man. You're cool. He's hell a good yeah. guy. You're a little quiet there. What, Antinomi? He's a treasure. Yeah, he is. Um, He's interesting. That just fell to the ground. Oh. Oh, my God, that's another thing that happened in my life recently. Did you say your mic just like, fell to the ground, or your cat fell no, to the ground? No, my cat. My cat fell to the ground. Oh, is it okay? It's just, it's just a stupid little kitty. It's just okay, man. Like, cats always fall. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. Fine. Is the cat I'm watching you podcast right now? No, this is more important than your automata. Is the cat watching you podcast right now? Yes, she is. The, the, good cat. That's a very good cat. Yes, I hope I hope we get a meow at some point. Same. She, you may. Um. Uh. Okay. So near Automata, I'm not going to talk anything about story other than I very much enjoyed the writing so far. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's all you're going to get from story out of me, because I know a lot of people want to go into that blind, including people in this podcast that aren't me. Um, hey. Yeah. Uh, but gameplay-wise, there's only a few things I want to talk about. Um, the first thing... So, both of you played the demo, right? Yes. Antonomi, did you play the demo? You played the demo, right? Yes, yes, I did play the demo. Okay. Uh, it was it was really good. The final boss was kind of like just okay, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Um. So... Oh man, I love that final boss in the demo. <laughs> it's fine. I, I like it. It's, it's, really cool. it's very clearly a set PC thing, but I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> um. So. Do you remember when you were selecting the difficulty and it said normal and it said this is probably the most enjoyable one you want to choose? Yeah. So I immediately was like, oh, that's just for, like, people who don't, like, aren't good at games and they don't want to be picking hard because then they won't have a fun time. Lol, XD, I'm hardcore, I'm good at video games. Maybe that's a lie, but I can get, I can get through hard. The way that hard is represented in that demo is a lie. Because huh. that that demo, your character is like a, a good ways into like the level system, so you you can take hits better than you can starting the game level one with nothing. So I played through the intro section of that game for two hours before I said "fuck it," I'm switching to normal because hard nice. might as well be slightly less than very hard. You know those those dark purple bullets. Yep. From, like, minute four into the game, if certain enemies hit you with those, that's 80% of your health gone. And also, there are certain other attacks that will just one-hit kill you. And I was like, I, you know what? I, I liked hard in the demo, but I'm not liking hard as much in this. I, I honestly, and to be fair, this is just, uh, this isn't a spoiler, this is complete guessing. I think hard and very hard are supposed to be for New Game Plus runs. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. That's how Platinum does his their stuff. Exactly. Yeah, so. so, I would actually say, play start on normal. It, 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 my problem, though, so you know how I said it's like, okay, some, some attacks will instantly kill you. So, when I turned the, the thing down on normal, I'm like, I'm curious to see how much of a gulf there is here. The same attack that killed me in one hit on, on just hard, on normal, it only did 20% of my life. The gap is yeah. massive. That, that's honestly, I think that's fine because I, I'm not gonna approach this game like any platinum game. I'm gonna approach this game with like an RPG with like really nice combat. You know, that segues into the next thing I want to talk about. So, there are a lot of platinum fans that didn't really get what was up with this game that are really shitting on it right now because they're like, "What the fuck? The combat's not platinum quality. It's like really simple and like." Yeah, that's what you're gonna get. It's an RPG with platinum comp. Like, that's what it is, yeah. you know. Yeah, I feel like Scalebound was gonna be the same thing, you know. Same. I think Scalebound was gonna be the opposite. Like, because with Scalebound, they specifically said we want to focus on the RPG parts more. With Near, I th I think Near is a platinum game with RPG customization elements. And, like, a very simple system. I think Scalebound would have been slightly a little bit different because I think that one was going to be more an RPG with Platinum Elements. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I honestly hope... I... 
this is actually where I'm going to end it. Um, cause, cause I just wanted to talk about the, the platinum fans that are mad about this game are absurd. You, I think they just were expecting something than what we were told it was going to be. <laughs> I mean, if they want to go back and play Dragon card one, you know, yeah. feel free. And then you'll, maybe you'll appreciate it a bit more. Yeah. Honestly, that's the other thing I want to say. It's weird playing a Yoko Taro game and having fun. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, um, no, it's really fucking good. Go, go buy it. I can't recommend it enough. Um, but I really hope, oh, I should turn Skype notifications off. Whoops. Uh, I, hey, re- I really ho- hope they take. Yeah, holy shit, fucking Shanson, shut up. <laughs> well, not to call anyone out, but. Yeah, um, there we go. Okay. I really hope whatever the fuck they had already with Scalebound, they take and they make Drakengard 4. I want a Drakengard 4. <laughs> okay, Drakengard 4 is gonna happen because evil can never truly be destroyed in the world. Yeah. And if, and if we live in a world where fucking near 2 happen, Drakengard 4 is gonna happen. But honestly, like, okay, and this is just me because I haven't played near yet, and maybe I'll care more about Nier Automata once I've played near. but as someone who's Casually interested in Dragon Guard One and going through that LP with Rosin here, and personally playing through Dragon Guard Three, I would really, really love a Dragon Guard game that played good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Uh, so Nier is like the de facto most popular, including over in like in Japan too. Nier, Nier is the one that really seems to have held out. But Dragon Guard is a fucking franchise, man. Over there, it's. Absurd yeah. how much content there is for Dragon Guard. It's not good, mostly like the games, but it's there. Or the manga, or the which ma- or which games. manga, which Most light novel. <laughs> there, there are too many things. But like, man, and the concept of having the cool ground platinum combat and then the cool sky combat, and you know, they they had that work on scale bound. They helped with yeah, Star Fox Zero. They could do it. Yeah, I honestly, think, I don't think anything like asset related in Skullbound can go to like break. No, but it. just like the <laughs> the, the concepts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because they they because when that game got canceled, one of the things that one of the lead people said was like, "Man, we're really disappointed. We had some really cool like dragon dragon and player combos that we were working on, like dual like." Both are attacking and comboing the enemy type stuff, and it's like that would be fucking rad in a dragon. Okay, card here's game. my thing though, and, and this is my counterpoint. I don't want that. I want Dragon Guard to play like shit forever. I mm. uh, the idea of me enjoying Dragon Guard as I, as I played fills me with disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I I respect that, but like I also I don't know. <laughs> it. I would like a good Dragon Guard game too, just to see. We got a good near game now, so anything is yes. possible. That's the thing, though, too, that does kind of worry me. So Automata is good. In the event they want to like make more stuff, like what happens if they can't get platinum? They're back to square one, and that's kind of shit. I mean, I, I I don't think can't get platinum is like a thing that can happen. Those guys are working on everything. So. Yeah, that's true. Cavia is no longer around, though, right? So no, they they died right after Nier came out. Excuse me, it's pronounced Cavia. I think oh, I so think Nier actually killed them. What was that? Welcome three. Uh, the guys who did Deadly Premonition. Yeah, the dra- actually, there was a dra- Dragon Guard three. Yeah, yeah. those okay. guys did Dragon Guard three. Keeping up with the quality, I expect yeah. Dragon Guard four to be make 
actually made by the makers of Meme Run. Oh, Fair fuck. Enough. That's not bad. What if Drakengard 4 was out on Steam Early Access as, like, a Unity thing? And just use Unity oh. Store, ass- like, assets, you yes. know? Yes. I'd play it. <laughs> I would, too. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna talk anymore about Nier Automata. Just buy it. It's good. I enjoy it a lot. Um, speaking of things, you know, never mind. The segue doesn't work, because I was about to say speaking of things I enjoy a lot. Um... So the other day, and by the other day, I literally mean two days ago, actually, uh, good old pal, not not really a pal, I don't know him, but he's he's a cool guy, uh, Wario64 on Twitter, who tweets out every video game deal or news ever known to man. I don't know how he keeps up, but he tweeted out, hey, on Amazon Prime, and exclusively for Amazon Prime members, you can go get a NES Classic Edition. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> so, uh... I got an NES Classic Edition this morning, and um, I want to start by saying there is no reason that this shouldn't just be on, like, a shelf somewhere at every Target in, like, everywhere. Like, there is really no reason. I I think that they've put themselves in a situation where they, they did the limited scarcity, or the, the artificial scarcity thing. And we kind of talked about this earlier before we started recording, but I don't think this is a thing for us. I think this is for people like my sister who I text her a picture of it and she got really fucking excited, but she's like, oh, but they're impossible to find, though. I feel like if you're someone that understands the concept of emulators and ROMs, you don't need this. No, yeah. you don't. Because there, you, if... you don't need this shitty emulator that costs money. No, so here's the actual thing, though. The emulator is fucking good. Like, so, emulate, so, it, it's targeting 100% accuracy, right? And it doesn't obviously quite do that, and that's actually one thing I want to complain about. There's, like, a filter that's like, oh, have, like, a shitty CRT scan line just like the old days filter as an optional thing. It looks bad, and I don't mean, like, oh, it looks bad like the old days. No, I just mean it looks terrible. It doesn't look like... I don't think those people that made that have ever played an NES on an old TV, actually. It did not look like that. Um, and that was a shame, because actually, um, one thing that Capcom HD remasters always do, the ones that Iron Galaxy helped out with, they made really, really good, like, arcade cabinet-esque modes yeah. where where it felt like you were playing it on an arcade cabinet but on your TV and it looked phenomenal it looked just like the arcades and i was like oh i can't wait to see what the nes equivalent no it just adds really shitty scan lines and color blurring and it it does not look anything like what i remember it from when i was younger have you seen the way sonic mania does it no i didn't uh, even know but i'm happy it's in there yeah sonic mania has a scan lines feature and honestly I'm not going to play with it, but when I looked at it, it it did remind me of what games used to look like. So maybe that's something you could check out if you want to see what that might look like. That would be that would be cool actually. I I'm actually yeah. Sonic Mania looks really cool. Um yeah. So one thing though other than that I want to talk about. So what so other than that display mode you do have just the traditional 4x3 uh, emulated flat and everything's fine looking. That's the best one. There's also a pixel perfect mode, which 
smushes everything to be completely square and it, it looks wrong. Because that's just not how those games displayed. Even in emulators now, that's not on by default. Uh, but, so, any emulator that you use, you have to actually tweak the settings to get the colors exactly like how they would have been if you are playing with the console on a TV. Because, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but for the majority of Nintendo consoles especially, Genesis, Genesis tends to have the opposite problem, I feel, or, or Sega stuff in general. The colors when you emulate are way brighter than what they were on yeah. regular hardware. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This has the colors are perfect. And I was actually really impressed with that. It it looks exactly like like I remember it, but just on a HD TV and without scan lines. It 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 was really good. And then my next immediate thought was, man, the Wii U emulator is a piece of fucking shit. Nice. It's bad. Like, I I can't believe they fucked it up that bad. Everything just looks so dark and washed out compared to it. It's not good. But yeah. um, Yeah, other than that, everything you've probably heard about at this point from people who have it and have had it for a while is true. Um, the controller's way too short for no fucking reason. Uh, it's kind of annoying because every time you want to exit a game, you can't just, like, hit a button on the controller because it's an NES pad, so you need to hit the reset button on the console itself. Rosin, there's a reason. Yeah, because it's like the old days. No, it's because they sell an extender. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's also terrible. (laughs) No, that's awesome. I respect that. Wait, okay, sorry, I, I meant, um... Do you mean do you mean the uh do you mean you you mean for the cord for the the cord being too short, right? Yeah, for the con- the controller. Okay, cord. yeah, I thought you meant for the reset button thing. No. I, and honestly too. Okay. Oh, God. So here's my other thing. My favorite thing is people being like, "Oh, but NES controller cords were short." They were not that short. <laughs> they actually yeah. were not that short. Well, that's because they're based of Famicom controllers. Yeah, which Guess what? I never dealt with that shit over here, so why'd you make it like, well, whatever. Um, also, you know, if you're making an NES emulator box, it doesn't have to have short controllers just because the old one did. You can make it more convenient. Yeah. Uh, Even a little button uh, in the middle of the controller that was, like, home button. It, You know what? You break the design, but I hate having to move across the room because I'm done playing Galaga, you know? <laughs> it's annoying, but... Uh, yeah, so it took me about two hours before I decided to download, uh, I think it's called Hackchi, which is the program you use to add, like, more NES ROMs to it and shit. And, uh, yeah, that's actually pretty rad. Uh, but other than that, uh, it's not, I don't think it's worth $60 if you're you, and by that I mean you're listening to this podcast and you're aware enough of what video games are and probably what emulators are and how to use them. Uh, you don't need this, really. Um. But, like, if you want, I think this would be perfect for, like, a kid who's, like, maybe, like, hey, what were video games, y- you know, like, what were video games like back in the day? Like, that would be something for them, or just even older people that are nostalgic for the, you know, maybe they want to play Pac-Man or Zelda or some shit, and you, this is good for those people. But, yeah, I, honestly, it's not that great, and it's kind of absurd that they pulled the artificial scarcity shit with. Nintendo's not known for making smart decisions, so. 
Do you guys have any questions about the NES Classic Edition? Not really. Kind of no, I, I can go the rest of my life without ever hearing about it again and be happy. Yeah, you can. You know what, though? Regular, like, the the good old broken-ass, busted Final Fantasy from my childhood is on there, and I appreciate that. I'll probably play through it once and then put that thing in a box somewhere. Um, <laughs> Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I want to play through Zelda 1 at least before Breath of the Wild comes out. Zelda 1's a good-ass game. It's, Zelda, 1's a pretty game. Zelda 1 is a good game that has, like, the one or two instances that drive me, like, nuts, but other than that, I love that game. Uh, yeah, it's fine, though. Yeah, I just... Dark Nuts, man. I... Mm. <laughs> no, it's fine. <sighs> just, just get good, Rosin. I know. Get good it's at like, these randomly see, moving Zelda enemies. Zelda 1 was the original Dark Souls. God. Oh my god, I just realized when Breath of the Wild comes out in a week, be prepared for that onslaught. It's already happening. Oh, I haven't... I honestly haven't been paid... Okay. Well, that's that's a lie. I've been listening to some podcasts with I, I've heard some hands-on Breath of the Wild impressions, and actually, that's one thing I, I can say about that. People seem to really like Breath of the Wild, so I'm I'm happy. Yeah. But also, too, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, people really liked Skyward Sword when that was. Skyward Sword is fine. It's fine, but people were like, "This is the best Zelda game," and that no, but it's fine. <laughs> It's almost like Zelda games are good or something. They are. Yeah, even... I, I Skyward know, Sword man. is... Zelda is for, like, six-year-olds. Skyward Sword yeah. is a solid seven, in my opinion, and I think that's one of the lower-end Zeldas, you know? Like... Yeah. But the thing is, like, Skyward Sword is, like, super inconsistent because the things that do really bad are, like, really bad, but the good things are really fucking good. Yeah. Like Groose that, and That Giramin. shop is great. I love the shop and everyone that attends that shop so much. Skyward Sword could have been the best Zelda game ever, but there is a couple of just infuriating decisions that really drag it down. I would have appreciated it if it was 10 hours less long. Yeah, 10 hours yeah. less long. Uh, cut one of those two fire dungeons out. Uh, cut the hand-holding out. Uh... Make the game play with normal control schemes. I see someone is a Persona 4 fan. Oh. oh. I, you, you know what? People don't like it, but I like the sniper section. I don't even remember it. <laughs> yes. That's a really cool-ass final boss, though. Um, oh, yeah. That's a, a really good second-to-last final boss, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Japanese things? <laughs> Oof. This whole podcast? <laughs> yes, honestly. Yes, Stardew Valley. The most. Hey, okay, man. so I'm not even gonna bullshit. I've had the notepad of the agenda opened up, so I was just like, what's the Western thing on here I can make fun of Zach for? Uh? Um,. Is Stardew uh, Valley Western actually? I'm not sure who made that game. It's Western. Okay. It's like, I think it's trying too hard to be Western sometimes. Like, it, it, it embrace the Japanese thing you are like using right now, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, for the first time in a while, uh, I got a manga in full physical hardcover off of Amazon because it was on sale. Uh, so I've been reading a lot of Junji Ito lately. Uh, I kind of started poking at some of his stuff around um, Halloween time, and I just kind of on and off have been keeping up with it because it's mostly really, really good. 
Uh, I can't say that I've ever really cared much for horror manga, mostly because I feel like a lot of it... I feel like horror in comic form is pretty fucking hard to pull off, honestly. Um, Compared to, like, film or something like that. Uh, But Junji Ito's work is really, really good. So I've been reading Uzumaki, which is about a town that is haunted by the concept of spirals. Yes. Which is really, really dumb. But also it works really, really... It's really compelling, honestly. Uh, The only real complaint I have about it is that I kind of fell into the thing where I've read so much of this guy's work that I really am starting to pay attention to the things that he likes to do and the the, uh, setups for stories he likes to use. Um, He really likes having, for his longer works, the main character be a young couple. And one of them is the main character who's just there to react and kind of be scared, but is mostly mostly courageous and will will deal with things as they come to keep the plot advancing. And then the other, their significant other is just panicking and losing their mind. So I, I read Gyo, which is about uh, a deadly gas and fish walking on cyborg legs and shit goes bad real quick on the world. Uh, and in that, it was about a guy and his girlfriend just freaking the fuck out every five seconds. And in this, it's about a girl. And to be fair, the boyfriend isn't isn't in it as much, but the boyfriend's having a very rough time. Uh, it's it's weird reading manga in a not digital form too, because I don't know something about the fact that actually having it in my hands and seeing how much of the story I have left, I think adds something. But also too. Uh, when you get to the very bottom left part of the open book, and the second to last panel is a character saying, oh my god, and then the very last panel of the page is the main character looking, and just looking shocked, is like, oh god, I don't, I don't want to turn this page because I'm gonna see some shit, and then you turn the page and you see some shit, and it works really well, um, in that physical form, it adds a lot. Uh, the hardcover is really good quality, um, I think the last time I read manga physically was, um... I, I have like what? Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. How did you know? I know, bitch. Yeah, you do. So I, I was the 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 last time we recorded this podcast. I think I determined. I think this actually it's Full Metal Alchemist Volume Nine. I think this belongs to an ex of mine, and I just never gave it back. <laughs> well, you know they they take your you they take your jackets, you take their manga. That's how it works, man. Yeah. I should probably get this back to her at some point, but I don't know how to initiate that conversation. She doesn't. Oh, just let it be. Yeah. Honestly, just no, no, just throw it at her door. <laughs> I think she stole my copy oh, of Borderlands. I have a fucking story to tell. Fuck your story, Russ. Okay. Mine's much better. So, like, um, there's this girl. There's, there's these two girls in high school. That there were four, but that group kept changing, and there were only two consistent ones. So You're about to like, say that they were four years old, but carry on. Oh, uh, boy. Boy. <laughs> Yo, we're not talking about that thing yet. You have to wait. <laughs> okay. uh, at, at some point, you know, they kept hanging out after high school, and they had a big fight. And I figured out what the... Uh, a friend told me what the fight was. So the sister of one of the girls asked the, asked the other girl for a... You know, for like a water uh, bed they had to take on vacation and they gave it to her and she fucking broke it like I don't know how you break a water bed but she fucking broke it 
you would be surprised. Of, and instead of calling them and saying I broke it or like just like kinding them to them, and pretending to not be broke and then praying for them to not open the, the thing. Over the fence to their house on a car and then they run away. Like cartoon style and shit. And then they op- they, they got the thing and, and he's like, this is fucking broken now. And they call it and they and they call each other. So because of the two sisters, they can't see each other anymore because their moms really don't like each other now. Oh. They're 25 year olds, by the way. They could do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, they I was have. about to say, like even now? <laughs> yeah. No, you'd be oh, surprised. Yeah. I my friend I think we I think we were juniors in high school. My friend was like, Hey, you should come to our, our cabin in the summer and just chill for a weekend. I was like, Fuck yeah. And uh like it was it was a thing where it's like, oh, like um the son of the family got to invite a friend and like uh older sister got to invite a friend. And they the the two girls were in the basement. And they must have been fucking around because the water bread the water bread, yes, no. The waterbed broke, and it made the most disgusting, like, wet, like, exhale sound that I ever heard. And waking up to that was a very odd experience, because it was, like, right below me. I was in a sleeping bag on the floor of my friend's room. I just heard this weird noise coming from the basement. I'm like, what the fuck is that? But yeah, good times. What's your what's your waterbed breaking story, Zach? <laughs> yes. Um... You need to have one, or else you're off the show. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I probably do have one, but it would probably be not me, but like just a cousin accidentally broke a waterbed. Was it the ghost that used to live at your house? No. Okay. We used to use waterbeds a lot, actually. Oh really? <gasps> My fucking cat is grabbing a uh, one. Okay. Dollar bill. Fuck that. That that was a weird sentence, and we used to use waterbeds a lot. It was actually my my cousin had a waterbed, so I don't know why he said that. But we used to like jump on it a lot and stupid shit. No, you know, making breakfast and bring out the waterbed. Yeah, Yeah, that's where we go. Oh no, I need to eat this TV dinner, but there's no more room at the counter. Just need to add the waterbed. Man, who would I, I? Never understood why people would sleep on that. They're not comfortable, honestly. They're really not. They're and they make the worst squeaky ass noises. What a terrible bed. I know. I'm glad that's a dead fad. So Uzumaki. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good it's a good horror manga. You should read it, kids. Junji Ito in general is pretty good. Go read the hanging balloons. That's my favorite of his. It's very short. There's a, I think there's one called Scarecrows too that is also like it's probably runner up, maybe also tied for favorite. I feel like good horror makes makes you believe about what you're reading. While while you were reading Usumaki, did you believe it? Why did we invite him on, Zach? <laughs> I don't know. I will say when we don't, not to reference it too many times, but in the scrapped version of this podcast, we came to the eventual like point that Junji Ito is the manga horror equivalent of creepypastas. Oh yeah, yeah, we did. And that's kind of like, when I see the things that he writes, that's definitely what comes to mind. 
And that's not a negative. It's just that genre of horror. Yeah, it's very short form. Creepy thing happened, here it is. Creepy thing happened, characters aren't well developed, they're kind of there to move the plot along sort of thing. They're more like, the story is based around a short form creepy thing and everything is in place so that that can play out perfectly, but nothing ever gets super in-depth or detailed. Even in the <laughs> even in the longer ones like this, it's more episodic. Like um like the latest chapter I read involved a, a haunted lighthouse that sent out a spiral light pattern that burned the fuck out of anyone who got to the top floor, so there's just a bunch of burnt corpses at the top. It's fun stuff. Yeah. I I, I will check him out at some point. You you should. It's it's good. Uh, I also, speaking of dead things, John Wick, Chapter 2, a lot of dead people in that movie, because John Wick killed them all. Actually, Antonio, have you seen Chapter chapter 2 yet? Not yet. I'm waiting for my wife to have free time. Okay. uh, Yeah. I I mean, it's probably, like, good. It's kind of hard to fuck that movie up, so... It really is. Uh, I, so... I saw it day one. Actually, it was funny. I was I was uh I was talking to my supervisor because um uh my uh, coworker called in sick, so it was just me and him, and we we're closing up. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm seeing John Wick uh chapter uh chapter two over the weekend or whatever." And like he was the last person I expected to be a John Wick person, but uh, it reminded me that I should probably talk about it here. Uh, I don't know. Well, okay. So when I first saw it, I watched the movie and I enjoyed it a lot. I I don't like it as much. I don't think it's as tight as the first one. But one thing that I left the theater with, I was like, man, people are going to fucking hate that movie. I I I bet there's going to be a lot of fans of one that are going to hate that movie because it's a little slower and more story oriented, which is kind of a weird decision, but they pulled it off well. But I was like, I, I can see some people not liking that about the movie. But no, uh, general consensus seems to be most people seem to like it more than one, so I guess I'm actually in the minority, but it's it's really good. Keanu Reeves is good when he's being a heartless murderer that says one Keanu or two Keanu Reeves lines. is good when he doesn't have to act. Yeah. Man, that's <laughs> Keanu Reeves, though. He's, like, the greatest person on Earth, probably. He's, he's a good man. Yeah. He seems... I don't know. Like every time I learn about more of Keanu's life, he he is a guy I would totally go get a beer with. Yes. I I want to just talk to him and see what's up. You know. <laughs> I talked to him about person. Cowboy Bebop, actually. What? Oh boy! Don't remind me about that part. What? I I'm missing something here. Zach, Keanu you don't Reeves know? was gonna be Spike in the American Cowboy Bebop movie that never happened. Oh, Keanu is a big anime fan. He fucking loves Cowboy Bebop. You saw the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. You see how, like, Spike is this really laid-off, cool guy that's, like, really cool. Not really muscular, but has, like, acrobatic stuff. Yeah, that's the perfect person for Keanu Reeves, huh? No. Exactly. (laughs) No. Remember how unexpressive Spike is? Yes. (laughs) Remember how mopey-looking Spike looks all the time? (laughs) Oh, he's always sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Remember that time in Cowboy Bebop where Spike got a sandwich and sat on the curb? Uh, apparently Keanu Reeves had like a really fucked up life, actually, but... Yeah, he did. No, but yeah, John Wick Chapter 2, really good. If you like the first one, you should see it. Uh, and then other than that, 
we we kind of have been ignoring this element of our our podcast for a while, Zach. Uh, I replayed Dark Souls recently. Well, I'm still replaying. I'm I'm like <laughs> an Artorius of the Abyss DLC away from beating it. Um, oh, I just realized I totally forgot to do the Painted World. I'll do that. Too. Oh, gotta go back. I gotta. It's not fun without wheel skeletons. Um, yeah. Uh, so this time I just said fuck it. Gonna do Master Key. Run into Blight Town. Get the sealer set. Run Fuck in. it, I'm gonna do what everyone does when they play Dark Souls. Yeah, and, no, but, so this is where it gets, this is where it gets different, so oh, I ran... Oh yeah, this fucking run you're doing is disgusting, continue. I ran into the catacombs and got the Great Scythe. And now I have a magic Great Scythe. Fucking magic Great Scythe, fuck off. No, it's great. Got oh, the magic yeah. Great Scythe, I got my my four magic slots and i'm doing it nice i beat nice. the four kings early that was a fucking thing and a half but you uh, you do i've been path. replaying that i've been replaying dark souls 2 dark souls 2 not to dark souls 2 but not dark souls 1 i've been replaying the worst one in the series dark souls 3 hey your controversial opinions and like, man, the more you play that game, the worse it gets for me. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I I kind of feel the same a little bit. I I tried to. <laughs> I so was right, fucker. To, oh, sorry. Just just to go back. Um, Rosin's replay of Dark Souls encouraged me to also replay Dark Souls. So I started a, a Master Key shenanigans run where I went like before even walking into any area. I took all of the shortcuts and like. The first bonfire I lit was the one by Andre, and I did all that goofy stuff. Um, but once, like, beating that first half, I was like, ah, I don't think I need to continue on to the second half again. I'm going to replay Dark Souls 3 to get ready for the new DLC. Man, it's just so generic. <laughs> Every area is a fucking lake. I, don't, I mean, like, not a lake, like, a physical lake. I mean, like... A metaphysical lake in which, like, you have this bigger circle, and you can go to the left, you can go to the center, or you can go to the right, and the, each part leads to the same destination. Okay, it's each... Nomi. I had yeah. a, a metaphor I made for this exact phenomenon in the in the first episode. Every area in that game feels like a fucking banjo kazooie level. Or something like that, where like it's it feels like a Nintendo sixty four style. You went into the new zone. Here's your little playground, and then you do a couple things, and then you're on your way. It's yeah, weird. that's how it would be. And everything has googly eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I cannot believe that you brought back the Dark Souls Banjo Kazooie point. This is my take on Dark Souls three. I am very passionate about it. No, honestly, I'm just happy because when I first played 3, I'm like, you know what? I think this is good, and I, I like it. It's just, I, it's, it's not, it wasn't fully doing it for me, you know? And, like, at the time, everyone's like, no, 3's great. And I was like, oh, also, I guess I'm behind. It, it, but the it more played of it. It doesn't help that the DLC was, like, the most alright thing for Dark Souls ever, you know? I hope this last one really nails it out of the park for It him. has to be the best one. It's the last one. Yeah, yeah Honestly, if it ends on, like, an okay note, that'd be depressing. Yeah. I feel like at this point, 
I don't really have high expectations for it. Like, I, I didn't watch the gameplay trailer, but I watched the first trailer, and it's like, yeah, that's cool, but it just looks like more Dark Souls 3. Mm. So, also, like, people complain about Dark Souls 2 pandering to Dark Souls 1. Fuck off. This is, like, I'm gonna suck Dark Souls 1 dick the game. You know what's weird? I've come to the realization they both do it, but in different ways, and that's fascinating to me. Hmm. Like, you can look at things in 2 and be like, oh, you're just pandering to 1 fans, and then you look at 3 and you're like, oh my god, you're just pandering to 1 fans, but they do it differently. That fascinates me to know. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess. So actually, speaking uh, of 2... But at least Dark Souls 2 had like, its own story going on, besides yeah. all of that. You I, know, I kind of like, appreciate that more too, actually. Well, like, Dark Souls 3 is just like, yeah, Dark Souls 1 keeps going. I think my thing yeah, with but... I think my thing with three that actually pissed me off the most is like they kept selling that to us as the conclusion. It's not. No, it's there's nothing conclusive about anything in that game. Those endings are that... so unsatisfying. That's what so, the DLC's about. Uh, I'll say this about Dark Souls three because I still think there's really great things in that game. Like oh, there's. Yeah. There's some really, really good bosses. There's some really good story bits and mystery bits. It's just the actual, like, playing through the levels themselves after the first time. It's really not that great. I think, I, I the... think that some of them hold... I like uh, um, the stupid... What's the ice place called? Uh, Boreal Valley place? Yeah, Ethereal. I like the Boreal Valley place a lot. That one, that one stands up to me. And... Yeah. But yeah, playing through levels again is like a pain. But once you get like your run started, it gets better. But even then, you know, it's like it's really hard to replay those levels. I I think I like the level design still more than two, just because. Well, to be fair, of the four areas I played of two, but uh, actually that that reminds me. So FromSoft was recently like, "Hey, it's official replay Dark Souls two month, everyone," and I'm like, "Now's." the time for me to fucking jump in on that and actually play that, so probably within the month, if I have time, that is, I want to actually play Scholar, just because I've yeah. tried multiple times both Vanilla 2 and Scholar to just get in there and, like, play through. Yeah, power Stance run, man. Power Stance dope. I'll try it. See, here's the thing with Power Stancing. It's been so hyped up for me that I don't think it can ever deliver. I mean, it's not super special, but it's, like, better than fucking weapon arts. Yeah. Hey, what? Zach, name three weapon arts. Uh, mm, the swing. Dagger Dash, Katana Parry. That's not the names. Katana Parry's not a fucking weapon art. Fuck off. <laughs> no, you hold the button down and you go into the Kempachi fucking... Cairo Sejiro position. The, the the shitty moonlight blade beam. Why did they make that worse than the Bloodborne one? That's the worst. Well, Wait, everything. What what, what position? Did, um, wait a second here. I'm I'm trying to work on something right now. Um, what position did you say? The the Cairo Sejiro position. Don't you mean? The Sasaki Koshiro position? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that the fuck is that? Yeah, there we go. Oh no, did we get did we get in the weep town? <laughs> oh 
we are in Weavetown now. Antonomi, I can't believe. Antonomi, I can't believe that you segued so fast that three segues hit me at once. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this part of the podcast. <laughs> How do we start we- this? <laughs> you know what? I'll start it. Oh. You know what? You should start it because it starts with you ten years ago, Zach. So let me tell By you. By honoring this, story. I'm gonna I'm gonna run to the bathroom real quick. But please continue. Oh, d- do what you need to do. Let me tell you all the story of young, young, early teenage Zach, and he was really in to visual novels and anime and that bullshit. So. I found the little company called Type Moon. I read through the Tsukihime visual novel first, like the the most proper way you can get into Type Moon, and then moved on to Fate Stay Night. I like Fate Stay Night a lot. I like all of Type Moon, but Fate was kind of the biggest thing they did. So, you know, I've been through it all. Karino Kyokai, Tsukihime, all that stuff. Um, For all you five people out there. Hey, so, someone listening to this has got to be that into Type Moon. Okay. Um, over the years, I've gotten less into Type Moon. I kind of stopped paying attention to all the Fate spinoff stuff. Um, Apocrypha never really checked out. I probably pronounced that wrong too. I know I'm a fucking idiot. Um, Grand Order, not really for me. But like that side of me has laid dormant for. A couple, like, like probably, like, ten years now, honestly. Um, only popping up with the occasional, like, anime that the UFO table, UFO table studio would do. Until fucking Antinomi over here decided to start going through all of the things I used to like. I know, right? Um, so I've been thinking about Fate a lot more lately, and getting back into it, and, like, going through all the stuff again, and... Everyone it's else all is terrible. No, fuck you. <laughs> I've decided that I'm gonna like stand like fate's fate and tight moon will be the hill I die on because no matter how bad or dumb it is, I'll always love it. No, you won't. My name is Heroic Spirit Zack, and I'm here to tell you that you need to give up on your dream of liking tight moon things. No, it's I'm gonna not kill wrong. you now. Oh no, I'll prove to you that liking tight moon's okay. I'm about to stab you, but you're running at me and you stabbed me. Grah. No. I'm a giant shadow, and Zack lost his arm, and he's about to die. You need to give him your arm, Rasen. Oh god, what the fuck happens in Heaven's Feel? <laughs> so, I guess it would make the most sense to start with Rasen now, because you went through... Unlimited Blade Works recently, But Antonomi right? got into it before I did. Yes. Okay, sorry, I just mean... We're like, going in chronological about... order, Zachary. Well, let's okay. talk about the Unlimited Blade Works anime. Okay, before we do that, though, when I pick up Netflix, I always remember Zach telling me that the anime adaptation of Fate Stay Night is bad. The original The one, original, yes. The 2006 yes. Studio Dean anime was bad. So I see this shit, and it says Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. And I, being like a normal human being, 
assume, oh, this is the remake of Fate Stay Night made by Unlimited Legworks. It's company. really it's what like... it sounds like if you don't know anything. Because Unlimited Blade Works fits right in with Studio Trigger, UFO yeah. Table. Like, that sounds like a fucking animation studio name. It does. It really doesn't, but okay. But it has works in the title, and that's yes, why. Yes, that's works in the uh, title. Like listen, DreamWorks. No UFO Table. <laughs> but, so I started watching it. And at some point, and the only thing I ever watched, I only watched one episode of Face Day Night when it was on TV in Latin American. And it was when fucking Saber shouts Excalibur and Ryder eats shit. That's the only thing I knew about Face Day Night until then. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So the moment I see that Ryder eats shit in, in Unlimited Labels, I'm like, oh my god, this is like another route. Fuck, I'm watching <laughs> something wrong right now. <laughs> Unlimited Blade Works is a really weird place to start. It is, especially because like they don't bother to explain a lot of stuff like that you have to assume like it happens, you know? Yeah. But I well, enjoyed it. Okay, so so just to put up front, like, Unlimited Blade Works is the second route of the visual novel in which there are three routes, and each of them is meant to be read in order. But when yeah. they made the anime adaptations, uh, UFO Table, UFO Table, whatever you want to say, adapted the prequel, Fate Zero, first. So when they went into then their Unlimited Blade Works anime, they kind of assumed you watched Fate Zero in the same way that the visual novel assumed you read the first route. Nice. So no matter how you go into Unlimited Blade Works, it's a weird place to start. Yeah, and I will say after reading Unlimited Blade Works, I, th I think that reading it is still the best way of experiencing it. Yes. But moving on, I finished that, and I, you know what? I, people telling, are telling me Heaven's Feel is good, and that movie ain't coming out, ain't coming out in a while, and it, when it comes out, it's going to be the first third. So I'm like, Let's read through and, and say, well, if we're going to read Heaven's Seal, may as well read Fate. And all of this so I can tell Sad that Fate Zero is fucking terrible. I'm doing all of this to do that because I'm not going to watch Fate Zero. I need to experience it in the intended, as much as I can in the intended order. <laughs> so I, I start Fate and oh my God, the first four hours of Fate are fucking boring, man. I mean, oh. if you already know the basic concept of Fate Stay Night, there's no reason to read the Fate route. Unless you're a big Saber fan. She has a cool design, and man, does she look better with a suit. But that, well, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> that, comes, that comes later. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, I read Fate Stay Night, and despite some very weird things about it that seems very like many missed sub subtext i guess is the best way to call it it was okay i guess it had cool fights the romance is terrible one of the worst romances i've ever read in anything and then i read heaven's Field. so and now i'm watching fate zero so what about you resin Alright, so Fate was always the thing I remember from a uh, myths and folklore class I took in 
Oh, wait, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you because I didn't talk about my first experience with type mode. Oh, because okay. my first experience. Did you, did you watch notes? Yes. No. Fuck off, Frozen. My first experience with Type Moon. Okay, Kai, carry you. My first experience with Type Moon. Fuck. Was. Um, Damn. Fuck. Some, that was a gay bulge right to his heart. <laughs> oh. Uh, my first experience me. with Type Moon was this guy on a forum, and we were just on a public forum chat, and this guy comes out, and he tells me, "Hey, do you know Arcade? He's stronger than Goku." <laughs> and I'm like, sure. And also, he said, "Here's a picture of her pregnant." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm fucking banning you right now from this dad." So that was my first type moon experience, followed by Melty Blood. Melty Blood's a good game; you should play it. But yeah, go on, Russ. So my first experience with type moon, anything. Well, okay, so. I always knew of Fate Stay Night is that thing with that really fucking dumb name that I knew was about magic and it was a visual novel and also like an anime and I just, I don't know, I never gave it any real thought. But, you know, I had heard of it and I knew it was a thing that existed. And I knew Type Moon was a general thing that existed that had that and Melty Blood and those were like only the two things I knew of it. Um, I remember though because in high school, this was senior year of high school, I was taking this, this myths class. And this group, like, we were divided up into groups, and we had to each give a presentation on a different legend. And this one group went up, and they were talking about the Epic of Gilgamesh. And on one of their slides, they just had Gilgamesh in his full golden glory armor from fucking Fate Stay Night up there doing a badass pose. I remember thinking, like, I think that's a Fate thing. Why would you put that in a presentation? And then the next class we had, the the uh, teacher gave us a very long talk about that we should specifically not use any art we find from deviantart.com. Any names drop deviantart. I, I think he, he probably knew what was up, actually, because looking back on it, I talked to him about Neon Genesis Evangelion one time. He was probably in there. Um, nice. Hey. I don't know how that conversation started, by the way. I wasn't that weird kid that randomly talked to people in real life about anime, but, like... We got to talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion one time, and he's like, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he was a cool dude. Um, but yeah, I always remembered Fate from that specific instance, because it's just like, god, that was the most cringy anime shit that I think I saw. And Well, actually, no, sorry. There is a time that some girl came, cos- like, cosplayed as Rei Ayanami in, like, a plug suit and got made fun of real bad, and, like, that Aww. was really awkward. That was, like, sophomore year. That was weird. Um. I, yeah, that was, that girl was interesting. Um, <laughs> I have instant sympathy. <laughs> wow. I mean, plug suits, water beds, the essentials of the Zach household. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't know. Honestly, I just started watching it as a fucking joke because... So oh, yeah, one... people don't know about the unlimited playwork meme in our, in our little community. Yeah, no, that's right? what I was about to explain. So, because we were watching Salty Bet. Yes, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, this is this is where I'm going into, because this is the catalyst, actually, for both of us, even. I'm surprised you didn't bring this up. Um, so, I, I, I finished Unlimited Layworks by the time this comes in. Oh, you did? Okay, never mind. I thought you, I, sorry, that I 
that wasn't gonna make me watch it, Russell. What the fuck? Oh, I thought I thought that was the catalyst for Zach talking about it more and then you watching it. No, no, no. no that's the no, best part. The thing. I start getting into things I would suck for Zach without Zach talking to me about them. Yeah, like I never bring about this up. Like you're investigating. <laughs> All right, no, let, let's real quick. Yumi Neko, you got in through the fighting game, and I went, "Hey, that's a thing I like." And then Melty Blood, you talked about, and I said, "I like that." I forget how Fate came up, but you started watching it before I said anything. Yes. That's just that's like I a did, funny. Little I did thing. knew that you liked Fate Say Night, but you never really talked about it that much. Yeah. Well, because honestly, like I said earlier, it, it's something more from my past that I only just now getting back into because you guys keep going through it. <laughs> yes. So uh, there's a moment bet, when we were watching Salty Bet. We should explain what Salty Bet is. Salty Bet is Mugen, but set up with a bunch of different characters from a bunch of different shit, and then you bet on who is who you think is going to win for fake money. And it's all controlled by a CPU. Yeah, it's all AI controlled. It's real fun. You should you should give it a try sometime. It's just twitch.tv slash salty bet, I think. Um just, just search for salty bet on Google and it's gonna Yeah, you'll up. find it. Uh it's real cool. Um But yeah, what I was gonna say is so there's a point where we see a character from Fate Stay Night who is just Archer. But also the name was different and had a spoiler right in the in the name. Um which I will not repeat here, I guess, in case we somehow make someone watch Fate from this. I mean, we're going to talk about spoilers here. That's yeah, honestly, okay, fuck we it. should so, have a point where... So uh, spoilers yeah. from here on, I guess? Okay, yeah, so... Well, okay, tell your story, and then we'll do, like, a spoiler thing, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, anyways, the character that you will know as Archer, but had a different name, that was a massive spoiler... <laughs> It revealed the identity of a character, basically. Um, came up and did the super attack, which I now know as unlimited no, no, blade no, works. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He didn't do a super attack. That was his intro. Oh God, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So this so character he... spawns in, and and he has the most elaborate intro I've ever seen for a salty character. Which is like a 30 second long prayer chant thing that I'm pretty sure was made in MS Paint, but like was still somehow really good quality for a Salty Bet character of this dumb and bullshit Zach, speech. And I and was Zach just is like. Zach getting really hype. Zach was getting really hype. <laughs> I was aghast because I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck I was witnessing. And I was just mad that someone put this much effort into a Mugen character. I was upset. I was very upset. And he was fighting Goku, by the way. This is important. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he was fighting Goku. That's true. <laughs> I forgot it was against Goku. <laughs> so I... so Zack goes all in on Archer. All in on Archer. So betting time is over. That means it started again. So we get to see Unlimited Legworks chant again. All that shit. That 30 second long thing. And Zack's getting really into it. Archer doesn't last a second. Oh yeah, Goku match. fucked gets, him up good. He gets destroyed in an instant. <laughs> it was the best it way. It was the only path, end. huh, Zach? 
<laughs> yep. Uh, My whole life was betting on Archer. Oh, God. Archer Fuck. smiles and says, I'm happy you were right all along, Goku. I feel like I'm 17 again. Uh, anyways. Um... You, you think like you're 17 again, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um... No, so that moment gelled with me, and then from there on, it just became a meme within our group. But then also, too, uh, I started to just go through the Type Moon wiki to see stupid shit, because I'm like, what the fuck did I... I needed to I needed to understand what I had seen and experienced, you know? I needed more grounding. Um, and then I found out from there that what I saw was called a reality marble, in which I just started to deliberately use the term reality marble, because that's an awful term to call anything to be honest um and then eventually that just led to me being on crunchyroll at some point because i've i got a premium pass i I split it with another person and i was just like oh fate stay night unlimited blade works on here that's 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 the name of that one move that i saw yeah fuck it let's just watch it so i watched like three episodes of unlimited blade works I was just like, hey, Zach, I'm watching Unlimited Blade Works. He's like, you should watch Fate Zero first. And I was like, no. And he said, you're doing the Antinomi thing. And I'm like, well, I must be doing it right then. So, I okay, I will put in here, I totally understand why people say don't watch Fate Zero first. There are reasons, but... Dude, the people... don't watch Fate Zero first, man. No, a- Antinomi, here's the thing. The people that say that are saying that so that you'll read the visual novel. But if you're not going to read the visual novel and your choices are only start with Fate Zero or start with Unlimited Blade Works, just start with Fate Zero. But okay, go on, Rosin. No, uh, I just watched it and I kind of was... So I watched it for the meme, I stayed for the budget, and then I got invested because towards the end the story actually got a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, Yeah. Um... Should we get into spoilers now, then? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I'm just gonna say, uh, by the time we got to the actual full Shiro versus Archer idealistic, like, battle where Archer is trying to, like, vouch for heroism through utilitarianism, and Shiro is still doing the idealist, no, I'm gonna save everyone, I'm gonna do the thing, though, I got super invested because the writing of that, like, philosophical debate was dumb but more interesting and more like passionate than i thought it had any right to be and i was like that actually was solid um and i think i think it's cool how like archer is totally right like they yeah. looks right they looks they looks right there you know is and, like, he though yeah actually yes he's more <laughs> I, right I than so. zero okay that but just because you're right doesn't mean you're correct. Oh, God, yes, fuck that exactly. <laughs> okay, they say people die when they're killed in the three routes. <laughs> they said it in the three fucking routes. What the fuck? Okay. So, I feel like the Shiro Archer thing is one of the more interesting, like, because it goes beyond just like in most anime obviously there's more going on than just a physical fight but i feel like that one works the best out of like it's it's a physical battle but it that's almost like a side thing it's really like a fight about these characters ideologies and like 
a mental battle with the physical yeah. battle happening as a result. Yeah. Well, as a, that, I think the battle is done better in the visual novel. It, it is, but there there are elements in the... Okay, so I really, really liked the anime scene that's, like, in Shiro's mind at the end of that one episode where, like, he does the fucking, like, the bonfire thing and he does the, like, flashbacks and remembering. I feel like that was a really good way of doing that, but the fight itself was better than the visual novel. I think the point that... Because in the visual novel, they really make, like, a point of how, like, once Shiro is winning... Is when he's like attacking like a dumbass, basically, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when he's like just going all in. He doesn't care about the stances or styles or anything. He's going all in. And Archer can defeat him at any time. He can just beat him if he wants to. But he wants to see how much he's going to last. And he and then he realizes, oh no, he's not going to stop. But I want to see him stop because that's what he wants to do. And I think that's a really cool moment that you don't really get in the anime, you know? Yeah. The anime, though, like, I really liked um, in that mental thing, the the bit where, like, the kid walks into, like, the kid version of Shiro walks into the destroyed city and Shiro's like, you're walking into hell. And then he walks in and Archer's like, you're walking into, you know, like, I thought that was a cool, like, visual thing. But so, like, the, the, there's a trade-off. The anime does some stuff really cool, and then the visual novel does some stuff better. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, they, they take advantage of the medium they're in, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, and I mentioned this to Sack before, but the thing I really respect about the Archer thing is, like, the author didn't feel the need to make it a twist, you know? Yeah, it at just kind of, like, happens, like, with the gem at, thing, where it's like, I only had one of those, but there's two. <laughs> at, at some point, they all realize, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it, it, this, the writing respects you enough to figure it out with the characters to where it's like, yeah, if you didn't figure it out, you're gonna feel kind of dumb almost. Yeah, honestly, like, even from, like, Minute one, they're like, oh, Shiro's in the archery club, and he was really good before he quit. Yep. And and Fate drops some hints, too, if you, if you read that first, you know, so. Yeah. Although, to be fair, when I was first reading through the visual novel, I thought for, I thought for, like, a decent half of Illuminated Blade Works that Archer was going to turn out to be Shiro's dad. Yeah, that, 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 that will, that will, I, I can assume people thinking that, you know? Yeah, because, like, they put a lot of emphasis... Like, once you figure out why they put that much emphasis on that scene with his with Kiritsugu, it makes sense that you see it so often. But before you know that Shiro's broken in that way, like, that scene feels out of place to see so often. And boy, they really like that scene. Oh, they really like... Hey, it's probably one of the most important points of his life. It is. It's when he got. It's when. It's when the fucking the fucking up finished happening. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think I I kind of I like all limited legworks the most out of the three. Yeah, I like Heaven's Feel the most, but Unlimited Blade Works is probably the like best complete package of a story. Yeah. It's like it's it's the best paced for sure. 
Yeah, it, it's the best. I see. I feel it has the best character. Like, I, I mean, how can I say? I feel like it has the best character relationships too. You know, because yeah. I I really dig how Saber and Shiro work together in that one. In contrast to Fate, which is fucking garbage. I also like um Rosin. You were the one who started talking about this last time, but um, you you were talking about how the conflict between Shiro and Gilgamesh also reflects the ideology of Shiro's, like, I'm a fake thing. Yeah. I don't quite yeah. remember what I said, but I had some good points at three in the morning. <laughs> you did. Basically, you were saying, like, how um, Shiro's whole, every weapon I have is a fake, but that doesn't mean it's worthless and it can't beat you, is similar to, like, his ideology is fake but it doesn't mean it doesn't have merit oh yeah, yeah. That, that's right because at that point he, because yeah that's that's true my my thing i was trying to say with that was because he came out of that archer fight victorious he's kind of proven to himself that just because my ideals and reasons for living are stolen from someone else that doesn't mean they aren't just as valid as what they were for that person and then he goes into the Gilgamesh fight knowing all of my abilities are just someone else's that are better than me, but that doesn't mean I can't kick your fucking ass, and he does. <laughs> yeah. That, that's really solid. Like that, and they ne- But my favorite part about that, I remember from that conversation now, they never draw attention to that parallel. You have to see that for yourself. And there's a lot of stuff like that, that for something that's honestly like, well, I guess technically visual novels, or stuff that stems from visual novels tend to be a little better with this, but like, I feel like if that was any other series, like, there would be a character off to the side saying that, you know? But they just trust that you see that for yourself. I, and I like that a lot. Yeah. The, Shiro parallels to a lot of people, man. <laughs> uh, Gilgamesh is also a really good villain, in my opinion. Gilgamesh is great. Garugamesh. Uh, yeah, fuck Shinji. There's you a scene where Gilgamesh basically says, I'm going to kill everyone, and Shinji's like, oh, okay, yeah, best friend. Rasen, you, you don't see how, like, at the beginning of the story, Shiro calls Shinji his friend. No, he, he did that in the show. I, I love that because he's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. And you know, so, I also watched the movie. Oh, God. Because I was curious. How did you do this? The only thing of note, really, well, actually, okay, the the fight scenes were actually pretty pretty well animated, but like, man, it's a shit show story wise. Um, but like, man, Shinji's way more of a creep than that. And I, I, so I don't know much about Heaven's Feel, but like, I can draw some conclusions from both what I vaguely heard and like how he's portrayed in that movie, which I hear is more close to how he normally is the, portrayed. The Unlimited Blade Works anime series added a lot of goofy comedy scenes with Shinji where he's a bit you you take him a bit less seriously because it's more over the top and I feel like that might have been kind of a mistake because that character is a legitimate like actual piece of shit and the visual yeah. novel plays that straight that was yeah. really weird too distance wise because he was doing some pretty fucked up shit but then like they were pl- like everyone else was playing it off like a weird comedy thing and it's like oh <laughs> okay yeah 
Um, Manny, when he goes all, like, fucking Tetsuo at the end, I was so happy, but then they're like, we have to save Shinji, and it's like, why? <laughs> That's that such a fucking plug point there, you know? We have to save Shinji. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, remember that time uh, he put his fucking hand up your skirt? God, you need to save him so bad from dying right now. <laughs> oh, God, that was dumb. If it makes you feel better, he eats shit in the other two rounds. Good. <laughs> he sure does. Um, on that note, should we should we make a separate like okay now heavens feel spoilers start or just like sure? Uh, I'm gonna okay because I want to talk more about I want to talk a little bit about fate, you know? Because okay. even though even though fate, it's not the best. It has some cool stuff about it. I would say. Fate probably has the best introduction to the concept of, by the way, the Holy Grail thing's kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's actually, like, a revelation in yeah. Fate. And in the other ones, he's like, oh, I guess this is bullshit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's literally a point at the end of Unlimited Blade Works where Archer's like, well, I guess that one went sour. You'll have your time next time, Rin, if you want it. And she's like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay. Also, I, too, I love how the world almost fucking ends, and I'm assuming in zero it also almost fucking ends. And then when they are at the final, like, little Harry Potter college in the epilogue, they're like, "Oh yeah, the Holy Grail War is known as just some weird Japan ritual," and it's like it almost ended the fucking world. Fuck you. Well, it, it's not always the end of the war, of it. That's but like it was two yeah. times out of like what four? Five. Five. <laughs> Still, that's like. 40%. Hey man, if you knew the shit that went on in the Tight Moon universe. Well, I guess it's time to read through notes. Stop going to notes. That's a weird one. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to car no Kyokai into notes. Tsukihime, Super Sluggers. No, Fate. Fate. It has some cool stuff. It has. The Berserker fight is really cool. Um... Well, the one you get to see. Well, yeah, yeah, there's the, the implied one, which was probably fucking awesome. That we yeah. it. But, dude, that scene is great. That's one of my favorite scenes in the... There's a one moment, Russell in Fate, in which, like, Berserker is about to fuck everyone up. And, like, Ruin is like, okay, Archer, distract him and get killed by, Berserk, by Berserker while we run away, you know? And, like, Archer gives his back to them, and he says, Shiro, okay, Shiro, listen to me, motherfucker. You're a dumb shit. And... You are not a fighter, dude. You're a maker. So imagine the way you're going to be the opponent. I mean, and this is cool because when you look back at it, hey, he's here from the future, you know. So you're, you're a maker. Don't try, to, don't try to fight your way on. Imagine the way you can be things and things will go your way. And I think that's a really cool moment. And it's... It's kind of great how, like, Archer and Hero had different relationships in all three routes. Like, yeah. in Fate, he's more of, like, a douchey master, you know? And, it, well, in Heaven's Field, they have a very special relationship in that one. But, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that had a lot of merit. Uh, I think all of the fights are pretty good, you know? And Ruin is pretty great in Fate. I think she's cool. I feel like 
both Saber and Rin have a weird thing, like, where I feel like they're best in roots that aren't their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Rin a lot in Unlimited Blade Works, but I feel like she's way cooler in Fate and Heaven's Feel, especially Heaven's Feel. She, she, she is. I think in Fate it's cool because she takes the, more again more the role of a master, you know, and mm-hmm. you you can tell how much of a legitimate good person she's in Fate. Yeah, which is important to get that before Heaven's Feel. And I think it's also important to get that before like Unlimited Blade Works too, you know? Uh, I feel like Unlimited Blade Works does an okay job setting up that she's a good person, but... Like, she saves yeah. him in the beginning. That's the thing. Yeah, no, she does, but, like... Something that's important to know, like, every time she has, like, a fight with Shiro, uh, in, like, Unlimited Blade Works, like, she doesn't actually want to kill him. She wants to, like, put him out of the war, you know, because she doesn't want him to die. That's that's what actually happened. Like, so, when he sees it with a servant, she doesn't go, like... Oh, it's my time to beat him. She doesn't, he doesn't have a servant. He's like, oh my god, this motherfucker doesn't have a servant. He's gonna get fucking killed. Why is he going out without a servant? I need to put him out before someone fucking murders him. That's what actually going through her head right there, you know? Like, if you go through fate, you can understand that more because of how much, like, you see more of how the relationship grows in that one. I think it's... The, Rin is cool. I like Rin a lot. Yeah, she's one of my favorite characters. It's pretty right. I didn't like her for like the first half because she was mostly just Sundari archetype thing, but then she get she got a lot better later on. Honestly, I didn't like Shiro at the start either, but Shiro actually took me a little bit longer because it took me a while to appreciate that his entire character is being a fucking idiot. Well, Shiro is an interesting character, especially when you get into like the the stuff that you learn in unlimited blade works and especially going into heaven's feel where it's like he when you first meet him you're kind of supposed to think oh he's a fucking idiot but like this the reason why is actually pretty legitimate you know like he's a he's broken you know and he has an actual problem in his head going yeah there. like he's actually got a problem <laughs> yeah he does. and like you can tell if it's in day, day-to-day activities but it's when it's when the shit gets streamed you can tell that that guy has an actual problem you know he has um, a very high tendency of running towards things that are probably going to kill him yeah, yeah. He does. <laughs> and and like that's at first you're like oh god sure you're so stupid just listen to the people around you but then like once you learn more about him and like he doesn't care about himself at all and that's an actual issue that needs to be addressed if we go psychologist here he has no sense of ego in his mind you know he 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 has the super ego but he doesn't have the ego in his mind there is no he or to say he has no sense of self you know, he doesn't care about himself. He, he, the only way he can feel happy is by other people around him being happy. Yeah, and even like also too, because he's someone that like clearly had like a hole in him, like person, like personality-wise, and he chose to fill that with Kiritsugu's wish of being a hero, and that's why they put such emphasis on like, oh, your ideals are fake and everything, but it's like he it's unhealthy what he's doing in all respects you know 
Yeah, actually, so that was one thing we talked about last time, Zach, that I think, so I wish the show itself that I had watched put it that way better. Because as it's presented, they, it's just Archer and everyone else saying over and over again, oh, you took an idea of how to live from someone else. But, like, think about real life. Everyone fucking does that. But that's not what Shiro is actually doing. He's doing it to, like, an extreme extent where, like, he has yeah. nothing else. Like, yeah, and that's like, the if, problem. If If someone else had rescued him, he wouldn't be the same person, you know? Yeah. But, like, the way that the show itself talks about it, it's like, gee, I feel bad for every philosophy student right now in the world. You're all assholes, I guess. You didn't invent your own ideal system yourself, asshole. Yeah, it's definitely, and honestly, too, Heaven's Field does go into this as well, so some of that I'm taking from that as well, so. Um... The only uh, thing so, I know about Heaven's Feel really is that apparently it gets really edgy. It does. It it's definitely darker. Um, let me show you a picture if you want to see the edge. I I don't I mean, know if this plays well for podcast. No, it's plays play on the fucking video. I but we all have an iTunes now too, so I don't do that no more. Shut the wall. I don't know. Figure a way. Look at that edge shit, shit right there. All right, there's it's Shiro and he's holding a claw saw blade crystal thing with with Archer's an arm, arm star. Okay, I just okay, Rosin, I'm gonna tell you the name of the attack he does with that, and okay. I want to see how you feel about this. Okay, nine lives blade works. Oh, here's my thing though. Oh. That attack, that... <laughs> the name of that attack has too much respect for, like, the reader going and reading everything about the other heroes, you know? <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> it does, because there are probably, like, a bunch of people who didn't pay much attention to the stats while reading the visual novel. You know? I-, I feel like it's addressed enough in the story. <laughs> uh, they, they, bring it, they bring it up a couple of times. Yeah. So, like, the thing is, like, Berserker has, like... You know who he's Hercules, right? Yeah. What's the name of the of the weapon he has? Nine lives? It's just nine lives something, right? I I don't know. I don't well, remember it's anymore. It's, like, nine lives or something. Do you, so, like, well, he had to do, like, nine tasks, right? His nine play. labors. Yeah, nine labors. But the thing is, because he's fucking Berserk, he can't use it. So what ends up happening, Shiro beats Berserk with his technique while projecting his weapon, so it's like unlimited blade works with nine lights. You get it, dude? Oh. I have a question. Okay. In Heaven's Field, does Berserker ever get off the boat? No. Okay. Um, Berserker is strong, though. <laughs> Anyone that doesn't know anything about fate won't know why I'm laughing at that. Alright, but... Oh man, that's... this podcast has been penetrable if you don't know fate. That, that line that line is so good, though. It's good. So that's another thing, too. This is probably just me, because I'm like this. I feel like fate has a couple of really good, like, 
legitimate emotional notes that you might not expect. I think Fate is like this really dumb shit that has these really cool moments that it doesn't have any right now. I feel like it earns them. I think it's okay, you know, but when it, when it gets good, it gets like surprisingly really good. Yeah, that's my experience with it too. Okay. Granted, I think if I was 14, this would have consumed my life. Same, but... same. Hey, yeah. I was... hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yes. If I was 14, I would have loved it way more. But I think that some stuff, as an adult, it's kind of silly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's anime bullshit. And, like, yes. if you're someone that can enjoy that, then it's worth checking out. Because I, I think... I think there's more here than your basic anime, you know? I think if you go into Fate before you know the concept of what character archetypes are, you'll have a fucking blast. I, I guess. I guess it subvert them enough, though. It does, but also, too, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, sometimes that still hindered my enjoyment of it especially earlier on after a while i realized they were more than that but like i i feel like it's mostly rin that was really like catching you with the sunday rin is stuff. bad but also to fuck the teacher she's the worst character oh it's... the guy guy's the worst character she's, she's fine the, she's the worst character that has the best voice actor but she's still the worst <laughs> character. so rosin I feel like you'll also be one of the people that like Rin more in the other roots because it when there's less of a romance around her character, there's less of that. Okay, good because that because it's like man, I haven't seen this eight hundred times. Like it, it got to the point in some scenes where it's like I know what she's gonna say next, and then it's like oh, I, yeah. Yep. Rin's story in Heaven's Feel is really good in my opinion. That's good. She, she's presented with a like legitimate dilemma that is really emotional for her and I like it a lot. He has to choose between a train with one person or you and you and you can pull it and get the other person or then there's the rest of the world in the other side of the train if you don't pull it. <laughs> Fuck you, Antonomi. <laughs> oh, that's deep. Um yeah. Uh oh also, too, man, my favorite part of Unlimited Blade Works, though, without a doubt, is when they need to transfer mana and dolphins come in. Don't worry yes. about it. And they all get embarrassed and hot and bothered for some reason. Dude, if you oh, have no. to see the, the censored version of Lion Fate, instead of them fucking, it's Shiro's in a dragon. And, so and, the, fun... dragon, and the dragon fucks him up real good. Uh -huh. Fun fact about that one. So the Studio Dean anime came out before the censored PS2 version of the visual novel. So yeah. the dragon was actually from the anime first. Nice. Hey. The dragon is not too bad though. Yeah, but in the in the anime it's CGI. <laughs> it's really bad CGI. Oh, yeah, 2006 nice. CGI. Let's go. Oh boy. I need to watch that anime, man. No, you really don't. I, I need to see how Caster kidnaps Sakura and Rin has to save her. Please. Okay. So, 
I watched the anime after reading the visual novel, and it was bad all the way through. The shit they do during that arc you just mentioned is something that made me actually mad because they took one of the best scenes from Heaven's Feel and threw it in there without any of the context or emotion behind it and butchered it so bad. No, it's fine. It's so bad. <laughs> oh. No, don't don't do that. Just just stick to fate. You don't don't bring that in here. No, man, we have to do all of them. But they don't. They just throw scenes in from the other ones without any context. We have to do all of them. Listen, oh. it's just like if you're gonna do a Legend of Zelda series, you need a little bit of Wind Waker, a little bit of Majora's Mask. <laughs> yeah, I'm more than just a mask boy. <laughs> much, much more. Vadi will show up for five seconds, do his wizard thing. Uh, but, yeah. I man, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna start with my controversial opinions. I don't think adventure is that cool. What do you mean? I thought I I could I don't see how much it adds to a story. Really? It's okay. Can I ask what I, Avenger is? It would be a huge spoiler if you want it. Is it like no? I I don't know what this is. Is, is this? It, a... It's it's from Heaven's Feel. Okay, I didn't know if Avenger was like some weird prequel novel or some. <laughs> so, okay, here's the first problem. He should be called Revenger. Fuck off. <laughs> first problem. He should be called Revenger, not Avenger. I like. How if you look back at some stuff, it does make sense, you know? Yeah. Like, my favorite line is the one that Gilgamesh has, where he's like, fucker, I'm a servant too. What the fuck are you trying to do right now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so so that I actually brought that line up at some point before. Um, that is said at the end of Unlimited Blade Works and is one of the biggest, like, no one notices that line. I Like, yeah. no one notices it, no but it's the does. biggest... If you pay attention, it's the biggest what the fuck is he talking about ever? <laughs> like, no, it's really weird, like, because when I when I read about it, like, wait, did he actually say that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then there's stuff like, oh, Kotomine in Fate, he can control that mood real good, you know? Hey. But I I don't really care that much about Avengers. I liked it a lot, and I feel like it it adds a lot to the overall mythology of the series, I think. And I feel like it's a good excuse for the situation to be what it is. I, I thought his backstory was really neat. His backstory is cool. I like I like the backstory, but... I just don't see how he adds too much to what's going on between the characters, you know? Well, he's not really there for that, you know? He, yeah. He, he's kind of a plot device, He's literally. a plot device, definitely. But I feel to bring something, you know, called adventure, like, oh boy, and then like the 8th class, and then it ends up being what it is, and I'm like, okay, that's just like, you know... Well, I mean, if you really want more depth... I'm not going to read Hollow and Araxia, whatever. 
No, well, I mean you need to watch Age of Ultron. That's where it is. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I thought so. For me, Avengers' most interesting aspect is what it means for Kotomine. And I say that because I think Kotomine is legitimately the most interesting character in Fate. Okay, go go on about that. I'm curious. Well, I mean, a, a, again, a large part of it is stuff that gets revealed in Heaven's Feel and Zero. But Kotomine is, I would say, more so than Archer by far, the perfect foil to Shiro. Yes, and he is, that's actually something that's like directly brought up. Um, I find his character arc extremely interesting, in which I guess I'll go into a little bit. Um, he's a character that is legitimately, like, in his heart, evil. And he was always that way from the beginning, and he tried to fight against it for a long time, and eventually reached a point where he's like, okay, I accept that I am this way. Is it my fault? You know? And the way the story goes about his, like, quest to try to... His his quest to try to justify his existence to himself, almost. It's really interesting. And he sees the what's happening with the Holy Grail and going into the Avenger stuff as his last shot to get a legitimate answer to the question that he's never been able to answer, you know? I think the coolest part about here, right? Like, that's the moment when I was like, huh, is when the story about his wife is great. Yeah. <laughs> that part, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. Do you mind if I talk about I'll his wife? <laughs> okay. At some point, like. But don't was, spoil who Avenger is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't spoil who Revenger is. So. At some point, like the problem with Kirei is that he everything he can only get like enjoyment of bad things happening around. Like to put it in a very simple way, you know? Like yeah. he he's happy when he see people have like being unhappy, you know, and dying. That's the only way he can feel like he was born this way. He was born fucked up. So he's a soul he let's play watcher. Yes. He he do, he doesn't like being this way at the beginning, you know, because like why? Because he knows he's wrong mentally. He's not. He doesn't think he's like he, that. He's justified for thinking this way, you know. Like he he knows human morals, even though he doesn't experience them the same way. So he gets married with this woman that's gonna die. She's gonna. They have a kid, but she's gonna die, and she's dying. And she's like, and when she's dying, he says to him. Um, he, he says to her, "I'm sorry, but I could I could never love you. You know, I tried really hard, but I could never love you." And like his wife is like, "No, no, silly, you love me. I can tell because you're really sad right now and you're crying." And he wasn't crying. He only saw that he he wasn't crying at all. And like when she dies, he thinks to himself, "Yeah, I was right. I was sad, but the only reason." Why I was sad is why did you have to die yourself? I could have killed you, you know, and I, and I would have feel good about it. And it's like that's such a moment of oh, this guy's not, he's never, he can't be fixed, you know. Yeah. Oh, does so does, does his kid ever show up? Yes. Okay. 
Hollow Ataraxia. Fuck off. Um, so, Rosin, even just from that story and what I've said about him, you can really tell that, man, Unlimited Blade Works doesn't go into him at all, but that's oh. a really good foil for Shiro, huh? Yeah, that's pretty solid. And they're, like... My favorite part of the entire Heaven's Feel route is, like, the final confrontation where they just have a really good conversation and then fight. And that conversation is just like, hmm, there's a lot here. <laughs> Sorry, you cut out for me. Did you say that was in Fate or Heaven's Feel? Oh, okay. it's in Heaven's Feel. It's just a really good conversation that they have. Okay. And, like, it's it's legitimately solid. And... Again, I, I I guess I won't spoil too much about it, but, like, it's also got some really good development for Shiro, too, because Shiro's path in that route's pretty different from the other ones, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... I mean, yeah, I don't want to say too much. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I should say too much about it, but the way... Because the whole point of each route... Because in the end, Fate Stay Night is a story about Shiro. You know, he's the main character. It's his story. And mm. it's usually, like, his story along with, like, the main girl that's along. So we get, like, the focus on Saber. We get the focus on, on Tosaka. And, well, not that much Tosaka, actually, for Unlimited Blade Like, Unlimited Blade Works is, like, the most of this is your story, all of them all. But it's definitely... Fate Stay Night is the tale about Shiro. And how he comes to be what he is in three different ways, depending on which one. And the one in Heavensville is definitely, like, the most interesting one, you know? Yeah. It's it's the one where, like... Well, Zach said it, and I agree. It's the one where he most likely ends up the happiest of them all. But it has some more stuff to it, too. Yeah. That definitely, it's the final route for a reason, but yeah. not in a way that invalidates the other ones. No, definitely not. And, man, it's, you know what's the best part of Heavensfield, though? What? Casual Rider, boy. Hey. Casual Rider is really cool. Rider's a really cool character. Rider's finally... really fucking cool. Yes, finally actually. in Heavensfield, get some... Get some play. Something interesting going oh, on. Oh, she's now. not even really in Fate either, huh? She, she, gets, no. a, she gets a fight in there, but... Oh. She's like... In Fate, she's like antagonist number one. Yeah. She, she's the... She's to Fate what Caster is to Unlimited Blade Works, kind of. Okay. But even... No, in, like, no, no because... Even. I, I feel... Because I don't... I don't want to say that because I think that each route has, like, a different cut. For example, in Fate, it's, it's Ryder, then Berserker, then Gilgamesh, you know? Oh, yeah, I guess. While in, in Unlimited Labels, it's Caster, then Gilgamesh. And in, in, in Heaven's Dream, it's, like, this one big problem. Yeah. And I think, like, I mentioned this before, but even the, my biggest problem with Heaven's Field is that it has the worst per- pacing out of anything ever I read in a while. The pacing yeah. is fucking up. It has the worst pacing, and that first half is really slow, but I feel like the payoff is the biggest payoff of them all, and, like, those last few days are so intense, and, like, the the, the creeping sense of dread leading up to those days is also really cool. Yeah, that's why I I mentioned to Saktu, even though I feel the... 
even though I felt like the pacing was bad, there's definitely like an eerie feeling to Heavensville at the beginning, you know? Like something here is going to shit slowly. Yeah. And, and you see it go to shit. And I mentioned this before, but there's something about a visual novel in which like usually the last, the last route is going to be pretty fucking weird in a way. And like, I think like the first half of Heavensfield really hit the okay. There's some new players right now, and this is getting really fucking weird right now. <laughs> but if I have to say what my favorite scene from Heavensfield is, is the one when when you know like Shiro and Ryder have to cooperate to defeat that one person. Yeah, that one's really good. That's a really, really good fight. And it's a really, the ending to that fight is fantastic, you know? Yeah, it's really, really, really strong. And also something that I really like when you think about it is that the more you go away from the fate route, the less resolution savers gonna get. Yeah, well, it's, you know, she was the one that got her resolution at the start, so what do you do with her now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But something, for example, you know, there's like the whole, there's, there's her character arc in Fate, in which at the end she decides that, like, you know, to put what's good over her own morals, you know, or over her own, she, she, she basically, like, decides to let things go as it went, you know? Yeah. And even though she doesn't really get that in Unlimited Blade Works, she clearly has moments of like, oh, but I of Archer went through the same shit I did, you know? Yeah. Like, she has moments of, oh, if this guy, this Archer, like, if maybe if I continue my way the way I'm doing it, I'm going to end up like him or even worse. So you can kind of feel that at the end of, of that route for her. Well, in this one, she doesn't get anything, man. Nope. She doesn't. She doesn't get anything at all. His roots dark. <laughs> people don't have happy endings in this one. I mean, some people do. Kinda. No, no one. <laughs> Man, you can tell because even though they're happy at the end, you can tell there's something wrong right there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> that. That moment when like Shiro shows up. And like they explain what called Hokey shows up. I like. Mm. Actually, I have a question. Yeah. What the yes. fuck route does Hollow Extraterrestrial follow? Uh, Hollow Ataraxia. Yeah. Okay, so Hollow here's Axia the thing. Verge. Like, there's an answer to that, and the answer is a spoiler. That's the worst thing in the world. Hollow Ataraxia <laughs> is a really, really weird thing and the mix of all three because of some dumb bullshit no so the thing is hollow ataraxia is written in a way that the entire point is that you spend the entire time going what the fuck am i even reading oh and like it takes place after a route where you marry the teacher russell oh no no oh god no (laughs) um so yeah and i don't Holoteraxia is a really weird subject to handle, and, like, maybe one day they'll do something more with it, but we'll see, you know? Is it good or bad? 
Okay, here, here's the thing. I never I hear it talked about. I actually didn't know it existed forever. There's a reason why it's never talked about. It wasn't fully translated until recently. Oh, okay. And I never personally read it. Back when I got heavy into Fate, it seemed like it would never be translated, so I just, like, spoiled the whole thing for myself. Then years, 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 years later, it finally did get translated, and it's just something that I haven't gotten around to reading yet, you know? Oh, okay. But I know everything from it, and, like, there, it's a weird one, you know? It, it, it's a weird way of doing things that Nasu likes to do for his follow-ups, because it's not the first time he's done a weird follow-up like that. Is there a second notes? <laughs> yes. Yes. Notes, notes, about, notes is a short story that he wrote a long time ago that's like a post-apocalyptic thing about like how his universe could end possibly. Oh, nice. good. So like it it's a really like weird side thing that is got some legitimately cool stuff and helps build up the lore of his universe a lot, but you know. Then Nasuverse. Yeah, the Nasuverse. I use that term with like a passion. Yes, same. I'm <laughs> I just like saying Type Moon Universe, but you know. Yeah, that's a lot better actually. Yeah. Nasuverse. Um, mm -hmm. But honestly, I'm suddenly watching like a little bit of Fate Zero, and man. Okay, so Fate Zero Zoken is, like is a Fate... fucking asshole, dude. Zoken's so bad. Okay, Fate Zero. Just putting that out there. It's my favorite anime. And it's my favorite Tight Moon thing. I really like Fate Zero a lot. I think it stands above the rest of Fate as kind of like, it's a really good prequel to all three routes, but also it's just kind of good on its own too, so. I, so far, I think it's really fun. I get the feeling of this is fun so far, you know? Yeah, With... it, it's, go ahead. I mean, it's funny, guys. It's doses of fuck up shit too. Like, <laughs> but I like how it's way more adult. It, it is definitely more adult in in several ways. the The storytelling and the writing is more yeah, adult, and also tell. most of the characters. So the writing, by the way, it, um, Nasu helped work on the overall story, obviously, but the writing itself was done by uh, uh, Urubuchi oh, Jin. Yeah, he's the guy behind Madoka Magica, Sino Uta, shit like that. So, Why did you mention the other one? Hey, people know it. So, um, it's definitely got his flavor of like dark storytelling, but with no. the tight moon vibe as well. But I do mean adult in the way like people are dealing with adult problems. You know, yes, and, and that's that's the other thing I was gonna say too. Also, most of the characters are adult. Texas asshole. Well, it's still magic bullshit. Oh. But most of the characters are adults fighting a legitimate war. <laughs> yeah. But that moment with Emilia just, like, kissing the guy, like, oh, man, I want to see what's going on with this. One, huh? <laughs> hey. uh... Man, the characters in Fate Zero are so good. How do you like, um, how do you like the servants and masters so far? Okay, okay, okay. Ryder's the best. Ryder's he, the best. Yep. He's the best he, one. He's the best one by far so far. Um, let me see. 
Gilgamesh is Gilgamesh, you know. Um, yeah, he he's really cool though. He gets some I, really. I, I got to the scene with the six servants are all in gaspy within each other. You know that scene is great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gilgamesh is about to fuck everyone up and shit. It's cool. Um, so far, not not Lancer is feeling his stereotype so far. You know. Um, I feel like he's a better version of that though. I'll see. I'll see. Maybe like okay, the, the Fate Stay Night Lancer is a bit more of like a like a cool jokester guy. The the Zero Lancer is a bit more serious, but I feel like that arc that like that role he fills better in the story than the Fate Stay Night one ever got a chance to. But I love how both of them got a really shitty master for what they want to do. Uh, <laughs> and so let me see. Okay, Saber. I, I okay. Okay, the real OTP here in this whole fucking shit. <laughs> you know which one I'm gonna say, right? Mm-hmm. It's the one everyone goes for. It's so good, man. <laughs> It's so good. Come on. Yeah. Like, and I think it's such a smart solution to the whole. Your father only spoke to me three times. You know. Yeah, because how would that work in an actual story? How would story? that story work? And they made it work like real, real way, way, real way. Yes, good stuff. Um, but fucking Saber and Ilya's mom are the best together. I love them so much. I want them to kiss at the end, which is not gonna happen. But whatever. Um, what else? Not much of an opinion on Castor so far. That's the interesting character to not have an opinion on, Antonomi. He's he he's doing the thing that that character archetype does so far, you know. Okay, what about his when master? I, when I saw his design, I knew what that thing was about immediately. <laughs> And uh, his master oh. is something. Okay, so I I, I like his master is like let's just go kill people who cares about the war right. you know so I find these characters to be interesting to talk about because they are a lot of fun to watch yes, yes. and I've talked to people like hey there are certain ways to write characters where they do things that are so disgusting you can't like them but for s- somehow This like they managed to make characters that do probably the worst thing you could possibly imagine fun to watch, and I I guess it's not that big a spoiler, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say like they kill children. Yeah, they do, and it's fun to watch, and oh. that that is weird. <laughs> It's weird. That kid gets it so hard, man. <laughs> like it's hard to explain, like. It's a really interesting example of there is way there are ways to write the most despicable characters you can imagine and still enjoy watching them, you know? Like Shinji, there's no way you can enjoy him because he's just a piece of shit. But like these these guys are fun to watch and yes. they're doing really it's really so bad when he fucks up the kid, man. Like yeah. it is it is <laughs> Uh, nice. I don't know what to say. If you want to see kids die, <laughs> hey, just putting it out there. What a ringing endorsement! 
it is a legitimate decision you can make whether you want to watch the censored or uncensored version of this show. Because the uncensored version fucking goes places. Why? It it shows some uncut shit. I, I will say it never gets as gruesome as the novels do. Like, the novels go a little bit more in-depth, but, like, they, they show some shit that is legitimately censored for a reason. Okay. Um, dude, the twist on Assassin is so good. It's really good. It's really good. And, like, Rastan, I can't even say it because you didn't even meet the Assassin yet. But... Okay. Yeah. But it's it's honestly, like, the best way to go after learning the truth about assassin in, in, in that universe, you know? Mm-hmm. Because when when I was go when I was going into this it's like, oh there's no way assassin is gonna be that they're gonna pull some bullshit so it's something else so it's interesting, you know? And oh okay, it's that. And then they put the twist on it and like, oh man, okay, I see how it is. Um Rin's dad is a fucking asshole but I was expecting as much. Yeah, I mean, what what can you do? So, again, there's... It's something that you don't see too much in Fate, but more in the, like, larger Tight Moon universe of, like, mages are assholes, and, like, they're kind of assholes in a boring way most of the time, and he fits that to a T. Yeah. And... What was it? I want to see how the fuck Gilgamesh and and Kotomine end up meeting each other because that one's interesting to me. <laughs> and I, what's the name of this shit? I, shit, fucking, I had a dream of thought anyone away. Oh man, what's the name of the guy that has Berserker? Karia. That guy has it rough, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, Soken's a piece of shit. I mean, you knew that from Heaven's Field. Yeah, no, but you know what? In, even though he's like a really big piece, why do you have to do that to that guy too? You know, like, come on. You don't even like. You haven't seen all of it yet. Yeah. Okay. Also, um, I I really love his last scene in Heaven's Field. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like, because it's like a thing of like, huh, makes you think, you know, about like, how long can something go? Yeah. But that's cool. Um, I do, it's pretty clear who Berserker is. It was always a little obvious, and the, the anime makes it less obvious at one point, and then the ending makes it really obvious. The ending just... And I, and I love it because you can tell, like, they try to be subtle with it, you know? But if like, you know anything about anything about that legend, you know who it is right away. If you read the visual novel, you know who that <laughs> person is, you know? But I, I, I can see... I like his design a lot, though. Mm. I think it's a really nice contrast from the other Berserker, you know? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It, it's it's cool. Guy in an armor is cool. And what else? Uh, I think I'm missing one. Um, oh, yeah, I mentioned them already. Panzer, Vader, Oh, yeah, that's right. Gigantor. So I think it's, that's all of them. But so far, it's cool. You know, just the first five episodes, so not a lot. But yeah. 
Um, I, I, I like, I like, I like how it's going. I, I think it's fun. I, I, I want to see more of Saber and Ilias Mam though. They're the best together. I love them. <laughs> Saber in a suit. Saber in a suit though. That's strong. That's the best. That's the best. Absolutely. Can't beat she should, that. She should have. She should have wore a suit. Uh, man, this is this makes this. The first five episodes already make like the fade route more awkward. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to point out too that Fate Zero is one of the better anime adaptations because they make the story better in a lot of places, and also. They do cool things like I'm not going to say when, but there are some points in time where like, you know how when an episode of Fate Zero ends, the last scene cuts to black and the episode title pops up with that counter. Yeah. So those episode titles sometimes have meaning. Okay. okay. <laughs> and you'll because you know about stuff from Fate, you'll yeah. probably catch the one I'm thinking of right now. And it's a pretty cool moment, in my opinion. But I definitely think like if you want to experience the whole story, don't fucking watch this one first, man. Okay, if you're willing to put like how how long is that visual novel though for real? Let me let me tell you, it's gonna be kind of inaccurate because I did leave it on at some points, you know. Yeah, but it's like at least like fifty hours. Or my count time is why is not showing me my count time. Uh, there we go. It's three days, eight hours, 42 minutes. Oh, God. So if you're willing to read for that long, read the visual novel. Absolutely. Start with the visual novel. Go through all three routes. But Antonomi, will you at least agree that if you're not willing to do that, start with Fate Zero? Oh, yeah, definitely. You yeah. Know. If, you, if you're just going to experience at least one of them, go for this one, I guess. It, it, it's... Start with Fate Zero, and then you can follow it up with the Un- Unlimited Blade Works anime and the Heaven's Feel movies. Uh, if if you want to stick to anime only, that's how I recommend so it. It doesn't care. Heaven's Feel is the longest one, too. <laughs> so, Rosin, when are you watching Fate Zero? Uh, soon. Don't yeah. Okay. I have to watch Terrace want... House. Yeah, no, actually, yeah. Zach, watch Terrace House. Oh, you have no. to make... I told this to Zach before, and I'm going to tell it to you, Russell, because the most amazing thing happens in this show of the endgame twist of the show forces you to watch older episodes and the meaning change. Oh, that's depressing. Of this reality show. It's no me. I'm not going to rewatch episodes of a reality show. No, but you will. I don't want you to rewatch the episodes, but you'll know the episodes I'm talking about the moment the twist is revealed. Oh, also, well, like it's not from episode one; it's from like episode thirty-five. I guess. Yeah. I guess Terrace House is how the Fate Power Hour can end. No way! Well, this is no, because I want to say something. Unlimited Blayworks has fantastic animation, and Fate Zero has fantastic animation, but Fate Zero also has fake good animation. That, yeah, there are some tricks they pull in some places. Yes, they do the ne- the dead note stuff. Define what do you death mean? note stuff. Hello. Oh, oh no! Oh, I think no. We're losing them. 
Yeah, it's fine. When he comes back, we'll tell ah, him to start over. Light got him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you die? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I back? Am I back? Okay, yeah, yeah, you're back. They, they, they do the, 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 the no trick of, like, we're going to have characters speaking for a long time while walking, and it's going to look real pretty, but there's no real animation thing happening. You can't yeah. hit me, motherfucker. Like, I can see that. Are you talking about the moment in front of the car? I, I, I don't think I got there yet. Uh, okay, it, it's pretty early on, so you might not have gotten there, but there's a moment in particular where I noticed that, where they're walking, and well, someone's walking in front of a car, and it's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> no, my favorite one is when, like, Rin's dad and Kotomini dad are telling Kotomini about, like, their plan, and they're walking in a, silk, in a circle around him for a reason. Hey, man, it's symbolic. <laughs> It's really weird, though. It's actually symbolic, though. <laughs> Whatever, man. And it's he's a, not it's a little nail on the head, but it's symbolic. And then, and he's not asking why that's happening, you know. But whatever. It's but what I say, I this one feels like it has way more energy than the than Fates than Fates Day Night, you know. Well, I, I honestly think that a lot of that comes down to. This is an adaptation of actual light novels as opposed to visual novels. And the yeah. pacing is very different. Yeah, you can tell. And again, I do, but I, I do think that all the characters have like more like spark to them, you know? Definitely. Even like Saber has like more spark. Well, only with the label Saber has more spark to Fate. Saber. All right. Antonomi, Fate Zero is the kind of show where there, okay, there's an episode where most of the episode is three characters sitting in a circle talking, and it's the hypest shit ever. Okay. And that's just, it's just because of their personalities and what they're talking about. That, like, that's enough to make that awesome. That's great, that's great. I'm looking forward to it, you know. So far, it's living up to the expectation, you know, of, like, and I'm definitely going to see, like, the whole, I know what's gonna happen here, but how it happens, though, I don't know how that goes. Yeah, it's a good prequel, and th- there's a few awkward elements to it because it sets out to be a prequel to all three routes. So like, there's some stuff that's like, okay, you you set that up because of the fate route. You'd set that up because of heaven's feel. But like, if you don't worry about that, then it's never an issue. Um, yeah, but no, man, I wasn't, for example, expecting Ilya's bum to take so much of a big part in it, you know? That's another thing, too, about the Unlimited Blade Works anime, is they throw in a lot of stuff just to be like, remember this from Fate Zero? And, like, you probably don't even remember, but they show her in that. Oh, really? I didn't even it's notice a... that. Yeah, it's something that I'll bring up when you both finish Fate Zero and don't worry about it until then. Because if you go back to that scene, it's really out of place if you don't know anything about Fate Zero. My thing is, though, I think I have an idea why she's there. Well, yeah, but more than that, though. But you know what I mean? I think I know why she's there, you know? She kind of needs to be there. Yeah, yeah. So, wondering how that character is going to go after some other characters die, but whatever. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, I, I, I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, 
the first line of the show. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, not the very first line, but, like, the third line. Or something like that, yeah. Man. Ilya is great, though. Can we talk about how Ilya is the best? Okay. So I mentioned this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here on this podcast. Prisma Ilya is the worst fucking thing to ever be created, and I think it's disgusting. And I think it's disgusting for multiple reasons. One, I'm not into that lolly shit, you know, like eh. But two, Ilya's such a great character, and to reduce her to that is really upsetting to me. Ilya is pretty fucking fantastic, you know. Yeah. Is Prisma she, Ilya the creepy magical girl thing? Yes. Okay. L- Lollies and, are gross. But, <laughs> like, it's even grosser when that character is a great character. And you reduce her to that. Like... And yes, by the way, I say this knowing that Tight Moon has done Lolly stuff before. I'm not... It, that's irrelevant to what I'm talking about in regards to Ilya. No, but Ilya and I and I when Ilya showed up, I was oh boy, it's this character, you know, this one. But then she totally won me over, though. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I guess even the Onichan bullshit he goes, it's great too. I, it's cool. I dig it. She's great. Mm-hmm. The way the way her, they use her her like sprites to make her like. To like imagine to make you imagine how she walks around is great. <laughs> it's it's a really nice like, and I I like who dude he loves his Photoshop filters, man. That guy. Yeah. He likes his Photoshop filters. He's, he used all the collection right there. <laughs> to whatever Photoshop was available at the time, he used them all. Hey man, two thousand four was a different time. It was a different time. Oh no! The, my, uh, another great moment in fucking Heavensville is after he uses like nine lives brain works and like there's like the constant champs in music. Yeah, that w- because the first time he's like, "Wait, did the game fuck up or something?" You know, and then oh, I see where this is going. This is cool. So, Razan, around when did you regret having us talk about fate on this podcast? When I ran out of things to talk about because I didn't realize <laughs> Antinomy was this far into Heavensville and Fate Zero. Wait, did you beat Heavensfeel? Or are you just... Yes, I beat Heavensfeel. Okay. Wow, that was fast, yeah. actually. I mean, no, it took me, like, a fucking while to do it, man. Like, I thought, oh, I thought you started not too long ago. I mean, I, I because I've been, reading, I've been going through all of it, that's why. So it, it, ever since I finished, like, Unlimited, and I took breaks, but I've been, like, poking at it, you know? Oh, um, I'll watch Fate Zero one day. It's really good. Hey, honestly, if you got through Unlimited Blade Works, I'd recommend give it a give it a try sooner rather than later. Okay. Because it, it it might you might appreciate it more now than you will a year from now. Okay. Oh. Oh, but man, the assassin thing is not gonna be as cool though. It won't. But he's not gonna read the visual novel, so. Dude, when I... I might when, download a save just read Heaven's Feel, because I don't honestly feel like... Just, just download Real Tanua Heaven's Feel, and, and you're good, man. Like, I'll do that, too. 
No, I mean, do you, if you that, do that too, you just download it to the same game two times. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll do that third. Okay. Uh, but man, that I think that assassin moment is way cooler if, like, if you go to Huntsville first, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, but I don't think... I don't think it's worth not going through Fate Zero if you want to, just because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And also, in my, in my heart, the assassin that's a samurai is Kaisho Seishiro. We've gone full circle. Like, I know, right? But well, his name sounds really similar, too, you know? Like, come on. On the, like on the light rail, were there three people that he was about to attack? Maybe that's when he developed the technique. Yes, you see? I love how he taught himself how to cut three, uh, 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 three different places at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I really appreciated how they have a character, and it's like, he can just break reality, and it's not a special magical ability or anything. He can just, he taught himself to do that physically. It's like, oh, good to know. <laughs> I like the assassin way more than the other one. No. I, he's cooler, man. He's not even real. That's the best part about <laughs> it. No, but also, yo, the ending for Fate Zero is pretty great. Oh, the ending theme? Yeah, the ending theme. Yeah. I the like, um... Is... Sorry, go ahead. I want to believe that Lion is the only thing Gilgamesh ever truly loved. No, there, there, there was one other thing, but it doesn't. They don't go into it here. Okay, okay. Why? What is? There is a brief offhand mention in the novel that got cut from the anime about uh, Inkadu. Oh, his best friend. Yeah, and it, I, I, it's the only thing from the novel that I was sad to not see. Actually, in some yeah, form in the anime. Because that's like his more human aspect to it, you know? Yeah, it, it's... It wasn't something truly needed, and it would have been weird for the flow of the anime, so it's fine that they cut it, but I like having it in the novel. It, it's it's not much. It just it shows, like, that that was also part of his character, you know? And then he compares it to, like, maybe Saber. Oh, boy. I feel... Okay, do you feel that they really need to... To make it force for him to like one saber in the anime because of fate. I feel like Fate Zero handles it the best because they have to keep all the roots in mind. So, yeah. Rosin, I don't know if you know this actually, but in the Fate Root, which was written first, Gilgamesh like wants saber real bad. Oh no, I did not know that. And that was something that he totally dropped in Unlimited Blade Works because he. Like Nasu has gone on record in saying that he doesn't feel like Fate, the Fate Root was his best work, and he was going for something that got messed up. And also, there's a lot of weird remnants from like his original ideas from a long time ago. But, 9 um, p.m. is 12 p.m. for girls. Hey, so um, Fate Zero does it the best, where they have to throw that in there because of the Fate Root, but also they make it less of an obsession for him and more of just like. A casual thing he he's once, okay. so that it feels natural to go into either fate or heavens or either fate or unlimited blade works after zero. So I, I feel like they handle it well. That makes more sense. Uh, they okay. So because it's cool. Also, how I know he won't say his name at all. 
in this show. Well, like just, I mean, at least not to Saber, you know? Not to certain characters. Not to certain characters, but to others he will, I'm pretty sure. No, man, but that scene with Ryder of like, yo, I'm, I, I know who Ryder just says his fucking name. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of like the of, of the of conquerors, you know, like, oh, you're not a fucking king. Get the fuck out of here, boy. No, he's great. Is the Ryder Tony Hawk? Yes. No. It's like so, Rosin. I, I don't know if you know this, but Fate Zero is in a a very different position to where. The, the novel was written to where, as opposed to just focusing on one character and, and one, like, master-servant thing, all of the master-servant pairs are kind of main characters. And ah, it cuts the Game of Thrones of fate. Sure. It cuts <laughs> equally between them for a long time. So you learn most of the servants' identities right away. There's a yeah. few that they keep secret for a little while, but you learn most of them right away. I'm Honestly, surprised. that was something... I th- I think that's an element of Unlimited Blade Works that, like, I actually didn't feel worked. Like, so as soon as Lancer was, like, around, even before the gay bulge thing, I'm like, that's probably Kukulain. I mean, well, in the novel, they say rather, oh, yeah, that's Kukulain. Like, yeah, like, in, it's... Super... Like, immediately. The, the... Actually, Caster felt super forced, and I was like, that's not, like, a... I mean, it worked because of, like, the backstory, but also, too, like, that wasn't a fucking magic thing. Oh, well, that's fine. Okay, try to guess who Ryder is. I don't know. Oh, oh we're doing this. Uh, okay, so here's my thing. What the fuck does Ryder ride? A Pegasus. The fuck if I know. Okay, I don't fucking know. She's Medusa. When the fuck did Medusa ride anything? It's really fucking contrived. The the son of one fucking Greek hero was a Pegasus, and he really liked Medusa. Okay. So you want to know my favorite thing about that? That's that's like something that Fate Stay Night keeps a secret for until Heaven's Feel. Yeah. But Fate Extella just has the character's name as Medusa. Nice. Fucking Medusa. That was Fate Extella, by the way. No, I, I do like the fact that... I do like the identity being secret, though. It makes it like, oh, I wonder who the fuck this one is, you know? Oh, I wonder who, who Assassin 2.0... Oh, I don't fucking know who this person is. Let's look it up in Wikipedia, you know? You don't need to look it up in Wikipedia. They have the Wikipedia article in the stats page. I, yeah, they do, but I don't know how much I can trust it sometimes, you know? They they, they twist a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rosin, to answer your question, I will talk about Fate Extella when I finish it, because I don't know how I feel about it yet. Okay. It is an interesting sequel to Fate Extra, but that is a whole branch of the series that I'm not... I don't have the, the will to talk about today. Oh, um, but whatever. Yeah, I think that's pretty. M- oh, I wanted to say before to to go into fate. One thing, the most fucking disgusting thing about fate, and I think it's the worst thing about this show, is like the only way Shiro can fall in love with Saber is by seeing Saber getting fucked up. Yeah, that wasn't a very good romance. No, it wasn't. 
And if she succeeds in fucking in fucking off for a circus, like, oh Saber, you're awesome in unlimited legworks, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah. man, it's almost like Shiro's a weird person. He is. Well, he is a ginger. Yeah, man, his design is terrible. I'd like to apologize for all red-haired people listening to We Are Finally podcast. I'd like to apologize to anyone still listening. No, it's fine. There's probably like the three people, the three Fate fans we have, in and the they audience. all There's love a table the of contents on these podcasts. That's and they sure. all love the fade route, so they're talking shit about me right now. Oh no. Okay, oh, so everyone I know that's ever talked about Fate Stay Night said f- the fade route sucks. Do does are there people that like that? Yeah. There are yeah. people that love the fate route so much, and they're mostly because they love Saber. Okay. Yeah. Because like I know three people that are really into fate. Well, I guess four now because they know me, and like it's over for four. They all like fate. I mean, he means the franchise. Uh, the, okay, oh, okay. T- that like Fate Stay Night. Thank you. Because I also don't like Fate the franchise. I care about Fate Stay Night and maybe Zero, you know? Like, I'm gonna read you. Notes. Notes isn't part of Fate, motherfucker. Oh, whatever. Stop <laughs> talking about Notes. No one knows where you're talking. Notes is too obscure, even for the people that like Fate. It was the very first thing, wasn't it? That's the only reason I... No, it wasn't. Oh. It was listed first somewhere on a thing. He wrote it super early, but like, it wasn't even like part of Tight Moon yet. I don't think. I'm gonna watch Karno Kyokers. Karno Kyokai is a really good. Okay, so for real too, though, if people if people have gone through all of the Fate stuff and are looking, maybe I want to go into other Tight Moon stuff. The Karno Kyokai movies by uh, the same studio, Ufo Table, they're really good. So, yeah, they look at they're good at making things look pretty. That's for sure. Um, there's some weird chronological stuff there where like the movies are out of order, but like just stick with it for a couple of movies and you'll understand what's going on. Also, I say movies, but some of them are like 45 minutes long. I feel most episodes of Zero should be 44 minutes long. Yeah. So just they real quick, end up really fast. Antonomi. Just so that you know the connection, there is a character briefly mentioned in like a one hand, like one line offhand comment at the end of Heaven's Feel, mm. and they're from Karen Okioka. Is is that the girl that's blonde? No, you never see her. They they mention it like it plays into the ending of Heaven's Feel, and it's someone that's mentioned. What's and her they're name? From her, they don't say the name in Heaven's Feel. Oh. <laughs> like, they're connected, but... Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, okay. And people say the Zelda timeline is bad, so let's, how, let's, let's talk about the Switch, boys. Uh, oh, oh, Nintendo yeah, Switch. Right. You see I'm dying. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast. <sighs> don't watch Fate, people. It's garbage. Instead, also don't buy Nintendo Switches. So, <laughs> I have this. So, the, we copy pasted and kind of bootlegged the agenda from last week's failed podcast, and it's titled Switch Regrets. And that was prior to us learning more bad stuff about the Switch. 
Nice. So, um, the first thing I actually want to say is the thing we couldn't talk about last time because we didn't know. So, apparently the Switch has an issue where the left Joy-Con is just desyncing on people, and it's because the signal is too weak to go through people's hands. I haven't heard about this. Oh, really? No. So it's been reported by multiple outlets. Um, I think it was first IGN, and people were like, oh, maybe IGN is bad, or they got a bad unit. But then, uh, I think it was Digital Foundry... Um, I was listening to Waypoint, and Austin Walker got a review copy, and he reported that it ha- it happened a couple times, and it seems like what the issue is, is you'll be playing, and this is either with it attached to the little slide pad in the controller form, or just, like, you're you're doing the motion controller thing, and the left Joy-Con will just stop for a couple seconds, like three seconds I, I keep hearing, um, and then reconnect. Because it loses signal, then re-catches it real quick. But also, that means, oh, Link stops moving for three seconds. Hope you're not in a dangerous situation, asshole. Oh, no, that's really bad. Yeah. Um, and Nintendo currently has said, we're investigating the issue. And mm. no further comment. Hmm. So, hopefully, what people are so hoping don't is... don't buy a can... suited lounge, people. So what people are hoping is that you can solve this with the firmware thing, otherwise this is a bad hardware thing. Yeah. You'd think that's something they would have fucking caught. So here's the other thing, too. No one at Preview Events had this problem. I didn't. And none of the dev kits apparently have this problem. Yeah, that didn't happen to me at all when I was playing. So what people are wondering is... Did they send the journalists faulty copies for some reason by accident? Like, did they make a batch for preview, like preview build consoles, and then like they were just faulty? Mm. Or is this going to be a, a thing that happens with the actual console? And so, I'm nervous about it because I have the thing pre-ordered, and like the the only reason I've honestly kept it pre-ordered is because I got the, I traded in my 3DS and I got it for cheap compared to most people. And also I feel so vindicated right now where I'm like, I think I should also pre-order a pre uh, a pro controller, which is like $70 and Oh God, fuck that price. But I'm happy I did now because that doesn't have that issue. Yeah. But it's a shame that the mandatory price of paint, like playing games on the switch is now $370. Yeah. Well, hopefully the they issue's not there for, like, actual retail copies, you know? Yeah, that or also, too, some people have entertained the idea that it is possible that, depending on how they set up the Bluetooth connection, this could be patched with a day one patch and fixed immediately. Yeah, that sucks for anyone good. who doesn't have internet, but... Yeah. Speaking of people who are in a bad position because they don't have internet. Zelda DLC season pass, or sorry, expansion <laughs> pass was announced. It's garbage. You don't know that yet. Um, it's gonna be bad. We don't know. Okay, so the thing is, honestly, Nintendo has been pretty good with DLC in the past. Yeah. They have been. The, the Mario Kart DLC was a lot of bang for your buck. 
and like Hyrule Warriors. Hyrule Warriors, I feel like, got a little too much DLC as time went on, but, like, the initial batch was pretty solid. Same with Smash. Fire Emblem DLC was pretty good, as far as I can hear from people, but also, too, they do have that thing where it's like, oh, grind things easily with this for 99 cents, and I, I, every well, RPG... I, don't, I, don't, I never mind that stopping there, because, like, people want... Uh... No, so I mind it, because... I've heard this with Fire Emblem, and, like, there are a few other games that are starting to do this. There's a point where it's like, oh, you gotta grind to do the thing. Oh, it'd be a lot easier if you had this DLC. And it's like, oh, just make it so that it's easy to grind in the first place, then. Fuck off. That's my main beef with it, but... I, I don't really care about it, to be honest. I don't buy that stuff, so... I don't either, but also, too, I think that that shit is in there to solve a problem that they artificially created, and that's gross, but... It's all RPGs now, though, too, which is shitty, but, like, everything has that now. Um... But, um... Yeah. With the Zelda DLC, the only thing I would recommend for people is maybe wait a little bit if you're hesitant because like the content's not coming out for a long time and the shit you probably actually care about which is like extra story stuff is at the very end which will probably be later in the year like much later i have to imagine yeah i I think it's set for winter so a year from now and wait for the plot twist at the end of the dlc is that this is the first zelda game instead of the last I read something that was really interesting, actually, and I hate it because it makes sense, but it's also a dumb Zelda theory. But, like, Nintendo is so weird with how they handle, like, lore stuff now with the series. Okay. So they specifically said in this game that you are not going to be able to get, like, hearts and arrows and shit by cutting grass, throwing rocks like you could in the other 3D Zeldas. That means the Minish are gone. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't that the worst? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they all died in the flood. Wait, no, but they didn't die in the flood because in Wind Waker. Oh, whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm really legitimately curious where this game is going to take place on the timeline. You, you know, know what I honestly think? What? So I, okay, so I know that I knew the Rito were in there. I actually, I, I guess I just wasn't paying close enough attention. Yeah, the Zora are in there too, which doesn't yeah, make but sense because the, they evolved into It doesn't, them. but so I think they're it's, weird Zoras though. They're not the ones we're used to. Yeah, that's true. I honestly think this might be like the Convergence one. A lot of people suggested that. I don't think it's the convergence one. I think what's more likely is that the either the Rito's backstory is about to get retconned super hard, or it's possible too. Or it's a different type of Rito. And the reason why I say this is because they mentioned a couple of times that like Twilight Princess HD has some like hints about the new Zelda game. And, like, they added some, like, textures in Twilight Princess HD that show, like, um, a mural of the bird people, which we now know definitely has to be the Rito. And, like, hey, they shouldn't exist in Twilight Princess. Oh, but they so it's now. gonna... Wait, hold on. Let me pull up the Hyrule history. What games... So, that's Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess... Isn't, like, the official timeline actually kind of wrong, though? 
No, it's no, right. it's it's pretty solid. It's, it's Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess. But it, there's a third one, Four Swords Adventures, which doesn't oh, fucking yes, matter because be. nothing happens in that game. But here's the thing, though. Text mentions the Great Flood, and yeah, and the Koroks are there. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Hey, maybe the convergence theory is true, but that just seems like something they wouldn't do because they built up this three timeline split like they wanted to go with it, you know? But here's the thing, too. So you do the split. Breath of the Wild is already set up like Zelda 1, so you could be like, oh, it's that Hyrule, plus it's after a flood, and also there's the things from Twilight Princess HD. There's elements from all three. Ah, it's sort of dumb thing. I want this one to be the one that links... Hyrule Warriors into the canon. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Excuse I... me. Link crossbow training into the canon. Mm. The only other thing I could think... There's a big gap between Link's Awakening and Zelda 1. But there's no flood there, too, so... Yeah, I don't know. It... it... It's weird. I feel like if it's going to take place anywhere, my money is going to be on after Wind Waker, but we'll see. It's going to take place between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Maybe. Dude, I would love it if they do that. I, I will be more down for this game being in the worst possible place that you could play. I like the idea that when Link is off in Terminon Majora's Mask, a second Link shows up in Ocarina yes. of Time Hyrule, and everyone just assumes it's the same guy, but he's like, wait, no, who are you people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember how, like, the fan theory about the skeleton guy being Link? That's not a fan theory. That's, that's, they it, actually it made that true. Used to be one. Used okay. to be one. The thing is, though, it was a fan theory that was, like, clearly true if you paid attention. Oh, yeah, it was so obvious that was who that was. That's also the most... That That is... That was the pre-Dark Souls 3, you know? That was... Yeah. That was so fucking in your face. You know what my favorite part is? I mean, he literally walks and holds his sword like him. He does the fucking twirl in the little No, but here's my favorite feet. part. I love how Ocarina of Time Link is teaching you Wind Waker moves. Hey. <laughs> okay, you guys are the Zelda nerds. I kind of don't give a fuck about Zelda. I like it, like, casually. Which of all the Links is the strongest one? Fuck. Um, you know what, Zach? Can we agree on Fierce Starty Link because Majora's Mask? No. That's cheating. How is it cheating? It's an item that he has. But doesn't that one, but that one counts? That one's the hero of time as a whole, then, right? Yeah. Yeah, the hero of time would be the answer. I'm trying to think of like a. Okay, okay, okay. Um. Wind Wakers, though, he has a weird hitbox. So you have to think about it. No weirder than Hero of Time as a Child. Hmm. Hmm. But he can still... Okay, okay. He can still shit from other guys. So what if that Link still his fires deity mask from the other Link? Oh... 
Okay, which one is the weakest link then? Oh, God. Probably Adventure of Link Link. Or Zelda um, 1 Link. Because they just don't have much shit to work with. You know? Link from the CDI games. There we go. High five. No, that's the strongest one. <laughs> Can... Can we move on? Yes. No, wait a second. I want to talk... Now that you mentioned the CDI game, I need to talk about this. Hyrule Heroes is the worst... Fu- Warriors, whatever. Hyrule Warriors is the worst fucking game of all time for not having a CDI. I don't think they actually legally can do that. I don't care. They <laughs> got the rights and do it. They it don't own have... that version of Link. <laughs> I want I want like that link to go there and see like what the fuck is this shit right now? Uh, maybe in Hyrule Warriors too. Maybe. Isn't like the only character missing from that game fucking good? No, there's a few they could still add in. Like, well, I mean they're obviously waiting for Breath of the Wild to come out, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Vadi's not in there. Oh yeah. no, wow, Vadi's not in there, that's way. He's he's still probably like I like Majora a lot, but I think Vadi is my favorite Zelda villain. Well, Majora is a weird villain because it's not it's more you know like a force. Majora is like a force. Majora is like a force of nature. Yeah, although like it, it's taunting you at the end, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But also too, when Majora is taunting you, it's like there's less personality there than when Skull Kid was being possessed, you know? It's more so the Skull Kid Majora Wombo combo, but... Yeah. Wombo combo. Where are you at? That ain't fun. So, Zach, when we... Let's play Breath of the Wild. Are we gonna wear the hip-hop red... Okay, oh. you have to ring me in Link for the... Switch t-shirt. For the free missions in, the, in Breath of the Wild, man. Yep. All the free missions. We, we, no, we, we've now, I, I think that might be the first mention of that on this channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, that's fine. No one's listening anymore. Okay. Uh, it's up to you. Your playthrough. You know what the worst part is, actually? Because I was like, oh, that's that's a cute thing. And then someone pointed out that is literally there. One, to advertise to Wii U owners of the game. And two, for people streaming it. Because they'll show off Link in a Switch logo t-shirt and get people, and I'm like, oh god, they're right. Free advertising fuckers. Uh, Honestly, everything that... So, I've just seen... I I haven't looked too deep into it, because I want to save my, like, experience with it for the Let's Play. Um, the the one thing that seems to be holding true for Breath of the Wild, though, is everyone universally is really loving it. And I've seen more than once people saying, uh, I wanted to see if I could do this thing, and like 85% of the time the answer was yes. Which is cool. That's really good. Yeah. I just, my, uh, until I play it, my concern will always remain that like, I'm sure this is going to be a great open world Zelda game, but is it going to be the Zelda that I want, you know? Yeah. And I hope that the stuff that I fell in love with about the series is still there underneath the open world thing. I agree. I'm I'm going to be curious how... So I'm probably going to be playing Horizon as well soon. 
I'm really curious to see how I'm going to be able to juggle Nier's open world, Horizon's open world, and Zelda's open world simultaneously. Is Nier an open world? It's it, it's like the first one. So here's the thing. They call it okay, an open... Okay, because then that's not an open world. That's a world map. It's... Okay, it's bigger, and they call it an Faster. open world, but it's not. Because, yeah, that's what I mean, because people say, oh, yeah, near the open world game, I want the first one, and it's like, that's just a world map, bro. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's, it has more in common with near one than one, than what you think of when I say open world. It, it technically is, and it is much larger, and, like, it kind of, it was, it was made in a way to give that vibe, but it's not overwhelmingly massive. Final Fantasy VII is my favorite open world video game. Yes. Uh, Zach, what do you think about Andromeda's open world being ten times as big as Inquisition? I'm trying. I'm I'm like on media blackout with Mass Effect Andromeda right now. So like, okay. So... I I hope there's stuff to do in it. Man, that open world made that game into like an eight out of ten instead of the. I nine. can't. I can't wait for linear games to be okay to make again. I yeah. just realized something. So they said that it's going to be ten times bigger. I'm assuming that's over multiple planets, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, because, like... But, like... Are, are you going to have to... Is... So, I wonder... Are you going to go to planets just through a menu again this time, or are you actually going to need to fly there? It's similar to the... Uh, I, I think it's similar to the other games. Okay. So the, the surface of the planets each combined is bigger. Okay, that makes sense. Because what I was thinking is like, man, they could bullshit that by being like, oh, you need to fly from this planet to this planet, and there's just like minutes of empty space. <laughs> but... So the the one thing I did read was that, like, there are less planets in this than, say, like, the other games, but that there's more to each planet. Which I honestly prefer, so that's fine. Yeah, so, well, we'll see. I mean, as long as the more is not an open field without anything to do in it. Well, the, the thing is, actually, like, Mass Effect 1 had a lot of those, so... Yeah. I, I hope that this does it better than that. I I've heard some good impressions about this game so I'm I'm willing to assume that like it's fine even if it ends up being the drag even if it ends up being the Dragon Age Inquisition to the Mass Effect series I'll still like it. I just hope the main story has more meat to it than Dragon Age Inquisition did. I mean Inquisition had some meat and I'm talking about Cassandra baby best girl hey yo let's go to emails. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, we got one here from JoJo with a non-Switch related question. He says, in recent years I've noticed that reviewers tend to throw around expressions like game-specific narration a lot. That strikes me as odd, since I always thought of games as a hybrid medium, comp uh, compromising gameplay and narration modes borrowed slash adopted from other media like cutscenes as a form of cinematic narration or text. You could argue that these game-specific narrations could be stories that could not possibly exist outside the gaming medium. 
For example, they necessarily require the player's interaction or choices to be brought forward. But that's kinda redundant and could pretty much apply to most games. Maybe the increasing sophistication of games and technology, plus a wider acceptance of the medium, are making it so that questions about the specific narrative voice of games arise. Uh, he says, I have my I... opinions on the subject, um, but he's uh, just going to ask what our takes are on the subject. I, I have a blog that I only used twice. One post was me complaining about Overwatch removing all of the same hero in one in quick play, and the other one was me talking about this. And I do think there is game exclusive types of storytelling, a way of telling stories. And you should not think at all that games are like a combined medium, you know, that takes from like it definitely can be that. But I'm at this point in time, I feel like gaming, oh boy, gaming. I feel like gaming is, is its own medium with, with its own rules and stories that only work while in video games, you know? This is why I think most video games like anime adaptations or movie adaptations are fucking awful because pacing in video games is not the same as pacing in movies, because a, a video game can last 80 hours or some bullshit like that. And, or even like a game can last 20 minutes, you know, and, and be out nothing. And because of how games can be like a really immersive story that, it, that relies a lot on narrative or just like something very simple that doesn't tell a story, but it ends up being an experience like, if we compare something like The Witcher 3 to Mega Man 2, in which there's basically like there's like a setup for Mega Man 2, but there's like no story. The story is the things you're experiencing as a player there. While in The Witcher 3, it's a very story-heavy game, not only for its main story as for its side quest. But with all this in mind, I do believe that there are definitely like examples of stories that can only be told in video games. I think that I won't go much into it, but I think that 999 is a perfect example because that story does not work on a medium that's not a video game. It's impossible to tell the story in any other kind of medium. Uh, I think Dark Souls definitely works the same. Of there's definitely a story in Dark Souls. Like, if you made a Dark Souls movie, it will fucking suck. It will be terrible. That would be the, the most generic novel even, of all time. Even, I, I often bring up a good example for this, is, like, you could easily take the story of Silent Hill 2 and try to put it in any other medium, yeah. and it's not the same. Yeah. Silent Hill 2 is another perfect example of this. And yeah. I really like how in that game, you, you are building up like you're 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 building up the way that story's gonna end by the way you play and the game doesn't tell you you're doing that you know yeah i think that's pretty great it's one of the better examples too but i think something like for example persona 4 or persona 3 that story will not work in any other medium because a lot of that story is you going to the school one day then talking to someone then go fishing and then tell Nanako good night and going and going to bed. You know, you can't put that in the story. 
there's of course the overarching plot to it, but all the individual moments that make the game as good as it is are good because they're in a video game and not in a movie, for example. At least, at least that's my take on it. Yeah, no case in point, those anime are really bad. Yeah, there's a there's something. Well, then it's good though. I'm I'm trying to think. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying Dude, to... that that final scene is. Mm. Oh, is that the one where Marie solves everything? No, instead of summoning Isanagi, Isanagi, Isanagi no Kami to defeat Isanami, he summons the Marie person. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, God, that's <laughs> um, no, uh, how was I think? So there's a thing that like is. Is is getting up there now with that ludo narrative dissonance for like words fancy people use and talking about? Games hey, come on! This is not that podcast. Come on. Not yet. Um, but uh, it's uh, emer- either emergent storytelling or emergent gameplay, which is basically if you have a really good complex game system, that in and of itself, uh, if players poke it the right way, can lead to some pretty fucking cool stories happening. And this is an extreme example because these games are systems heavy as fuck, but even like Crusader Kings 2. That game has you pick a random historical figure and then just play as it and then play out a fictional dynasty that you end up creating. And that'll lead to shit like generations down the line, you're playing as like the Portugal empire that has taken over half of europe and you're currently trying to assassinate like your brother-in-law because he has a claim to the crown and can overthrow your shit if you're not careful and just like that becomes a story in and of itself that you're going to take with you and you'll probably think of more than hey i'm a king in europe it'll be the stuff that comes up because of that or even zach you said you're playing civ 6 right now or 5 yeah, uh, five, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've probably already have a few stories of some stuff that's happened. Yeah, totally. Um, I think there's something to be said for games like, um... Well, I, I haven't played it so much, but, like, we're seeing a lot more of the first person walking around um, to varying degree of um mechanics to something simple from Gone Home, where that story is set up so that you find it through Discovery. Um, or even Firewatch is another good example of that. Uh, or even, I'd say Antinomi, probably The Witness is something where that there's a story there, but you kind there's of... There's a story there. But I, I do think, for example, that a story, because of how gaming works, a story can also be something that you just experience in a game, you know? Like exactly. Some... Yeah, like, yeah. Like, for example, I, I have... Uh, the Witness is a great example of, like... The more excited I got about the witness, it's not like me finding out a secret about the story. It's just like me doing some kind of puzzle and finally solving it, and then figuring out that it was just the fucking beginning. And that that made me feel that ruined me as a person, man. And like that, that has no story happening. Or like I play a lot of fighting games. And like fighting games are genres that because of how they work, they end up making stories. And like the you can see a lot of this in like competitive gaming, I think, as well, like Overwatch. Overwatch ends up having stories because of how just some things ended up happening. I remember there was this time that we were, I, I think, I don't know if Zach was there, but I'm pretty sure you were there, Rasen. We would have like a six man team on Hanamura. And we had 
a match in which which was we super struggled to not lose, yeah. and we had moments of us using our alts perfectly and doing things perfectly together. Oh and yeah, then... I, I I did the Bastion alt and took care of a couple people. I think Trick perfectly froze someone. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. We and were like in right at the end, and we threw it around. We we turned to the tide. Yeah, or, or like Mark, who kept putting amazing teleporters as Symmetra that fucking saved us. Or there was a moment at the end where like everyone was coming and he had my Reinhardt all that I couldn't use. So I just throw them so that they just all trip and then I run the fuck away to delay them and shit like that. So it was, that's like a video game story. I mean, it wasn't like a story intended to be told, but I still think it's like a story as part of the medium, you know? Yeah. I, I think another example of something like that too, you, you saw them pop up a lot, but. I mean, say what you will about the game, but stuff like Daisy, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those games that have that kind of online element. I remember I was playing that for a while with uh, some friends I had at the time, and we would just like get into crazy shit. Where like I, I, my friend had fallen off a building, escaping from something, and he was like in a building with a broken leg, and I had to sneak into a town to try to get supplies. And I ran into an ambush of other players who, like, blindfolded me, killed me, and took my stuff. And it's like, that that was a legitimate story that happened naturally through gameplay. I'll always remember the time that we, as a unit, got into Monster Hunter. Well, me a little late, oh. but... Um, the time when Antinomian Trick described to me how Johnson was like the fucking Yoda of the group yes, with, like, yes, two flaming yes. katanas t- tearing up dinosaurs, and they were just, like, had clubs. Yeah, yeah, it was great. He fucking came in and he made us look like fucking fools, you know? Because I'm like, uh, that's a fucking anime, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I remember we had the Fate Power Hour, but when I was playing Dark Souls 3, I got Invader by an archer and a saber. And like, <laughs> I, the fucking saber... And at this moment, I, now I look back at it and I laugh. I think the fucking saber had the Storm Ruler. Like, <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, but like Dark Souls invasions, I think tell stories too. You know, of like just I, I remember having like this. There was this moment where I invaded someone at the depths in Dark Souls One, and he was clearly better than me. So all I did was heal in in the place where the basilisk were, and he had to come attack me with all the basilisk on my side, and I still fucking lost. But I don't care. I, I think yeah. there's three trends we're seeing with a lot of game storytelling that, that, you know, that kind of does away with the more traditional game storytelling that just because these have all proven to be popular. Um, the first is that more gameplay oriented, whether that is single player or multiplayer, where the story is what you make of it or what you and your friends or sometimes you and your enemies, even in the case of Souls, make of it. And like, that's just kind of the memorable thing that you're kept with. Um, the second one, I think. I think there's something to be said with how much games rely on audio logs or as of Souls getting popular. Lore and environmental storytelling is getting more... Like, even apparently Breath of the Wild is relying on that too, I heard. I don't know anything about it, but, like, that seems to be a big trend now, especially as more and more games are going open world. There's only so many ways to make a good narrative in an open world game. Because there's the GTA route where it's kind of stilted and paced funny as fuck because you can do whatever and the pacing is probably completely ruined by the player fucking off and doing a bunch of side objectives. Um, But 
I think that is kind of a good way to go about it is, and I mean, even I shit on Elder Scrolls a lot, but they do a good job of that too, where there is a world with a history and then you're thrown into it and you kind of, the adventure and how you fit into that history is kind of up to you. We're seeing a lot of that too. Um, Man, Skyrim is a really bad game. But that side quest where you find the main character from four and he's now the god, like the eldritch god of like praise of like madness and shit because of the Shearing Island DLC, that's great. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but and this of course like you know, The Last of Us is a great game. It has great characters, it has a really good story. But you can tell that story in a movie. That's like a, there are games that you can yeah. do that, you know. Uh, same with like Uncharted, actually. Like Uncharted is clearly based of Indiana Jones. You can tell that. And but then there's shit like MGS2 where the fact that you have an input makes everything. Yeah. Exactly. And hey, and as I mentioned before, 999 is a perfect example. You, you, I don't want to say it out loud because Saki still has to play it. But like, you can't tell that story out of a fucking video game. It's fucking impossible. It's, you will end up with something really bad out of it. Man, so, you should we, really play that game on the DS. We just got a meow. Yep. Oh my uh, god! No, I'm gonna play it on the PS4. Fuck you. Okay, fine. No, honestly though, you should really play it on the DS, man. I'm gonna play it on PS4. Fuck you. Okay. Just stack two 1080p monitors on top of one, and if they had yes. a mode for that somehow. Yeah, with the Vita, man. <laughs> Oh my god, that would actually work. Um, yes. Uh. Speaking of that, I want some, all of the people here that have a Twitter, I want you all to do me a favor. Please tell Zack to play Never 7, because part of the reason why I play through Fate is we made like the deal of he has to play Never 7 now. So please convince him to play that horrible visual novel. I'll do it. That was very convincing. It's gonna take me a little while because March is a busy month, but I'll do it. But yeah, I, I do think it's a really interesting question, you know, and I really enjoy when storytelling is told in a very in a in a way that can be told in any other medium, like in video games. So I'm definitely a fan of that, and I'm always happy when I get like surprised. Oh, that's that's an interesting way of telling a story that I couldn't have enjoyed in like a movie or a what's the name of this or or like a, or like a play you know or like musical. There's definitely stuff that games can do that other mediums can't do. Mm-hmm. What's the name of this user? Uh, Jojo. Okay, good good shit, Jojo. Living up to the name. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Um, this next one is from uh, Lorita, and she says, uh, this is my first time sending an email. Hello, Rosin and company. I don't think I really have any gaming-related questions, but I do have one that I'm curious about. What do you or all of you do when you're feeling unproductive? Do you have any steps to overcome it, or do you power yourself through things? Also, sorry if this isn't very well written. I'm not good at wording things. No, it's fine. And then she just says, love you guys. Um... So, like, this was a thing I had for quite a while, honestly, and part of it was just, like, 
Well, part of it was because I got depressed for, like, a good while there because, like, I was in a position in life where I thought my life was better than it was, and then I realized there was a lot of problems with, like, me. Um, and then actually, like, going through that and becoming a better person eventually, like, made me get out of that. But the problem is, is that when you go through this, like, period of depression, there's some, like, shit that you just kind of, like, like, you stop being as productive, and it's kind of hard to, like, get back to a place, even if you're feeling better, of, like, how do I do that again? Um, actually, you know, that's kind of a lie, because even in high school, when I was feeling fine, I was kind of a lazy piece of shit. I never, I never had to try too hard in high school, honestly. I thought it was really easy, so that's probably part of it. Um, you know, I kind of slacked off and still got A's, that sort of thing. So I guess I just never learned how to be productive until, like, well, I mean, at work, because, you know, you kind of have to be, I, I always was, but, like, just for creative projects and just other than that, um, I kind of had to teach myself to do your fucking hardest to fit to a schedule, which I'm still horrible at, but I try, and, like, I'll beat myself up a little bit for not, you know, hitting schedules and deadlines for hobbies and stuff when I want to, but, like, I won't make myself feel bad, but I'll be like, hey, I need to be better at this, and... Uh, I started using Google Spreadsheets to, like, track projects and, like, gen listing general times of when I want them done by, and I have, like, little progress meters where I, like, fill in X's when I'm done with a certain step in the project. This is all mostly for YouTube stuff, by the way. Um, yeah. And also, too, not gonna lie, when I turned on ads for my YouTube stuff, it was a little bit... Like, I mean, I'm not making huge bank or anything. I, I can't say exact numbers because that's against uh, against TOS. But, I mean, just having some sort of reward made it, gave me more of an incentive to do stuff more, too. So We know where you got your money to what your Switch man don't lie. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying, <laughs> but... That breaking yeah. out piece making you a millionaire, you piece of shit. Okay, you know what? Fuck you, because you're like, no one's gonna watch that. It's one of the most popular video series I've put recently. I never said no one's gonna watch Yeah, you it. did. You said I no, and Tanomi. I said you were not gonna finish it. Oh, well, that I'm halfway done recording that shit. Fool. I know. How, many, how, how much of the expeditions have you done? Uh, about half. Mm, you haven't gotten to the wars half yet. No. Man, that dragon one, there's like, you know the one that, yes, that you do the like... one dragon one. <laughs> no, but there's one where it's on, on like the Born City. I don't want to say too much because Saki is here, you know? Yeah. But there's one like, that, one's, that one stole my soul, man. <laughs> you know, I know it's the most competent, competent part about it, but it's the part I hate the most of the game. The because dragon? at least, yeah, the dragon. Because at least the one on foot, I can just run and run and run, and it will be over quick. But this one, I actually have to do stuff. <laughs> they last short. They're not as long lasting, so I actually prefer the dragon stuff. But no, they're, they're not great. No, they're not. What do you guys do when you're unproductive, or are you never? I... I can't be unproductive. I get mad if I'm unproductive. You know me, Rasen. Yeah, actually, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't be unproductive at all. I, I'm never unproductive. If I'm unproductive, I feel horrible and, and I do stuff. So that's that's not a question for me. Zach, what about you? 
I'll let you know when I figure it out. Oh. <laughs> nice. Well. That's my that's my answer. <laughs> that oh, ended on a dark note anyways. Ah, the heavens feel of email questions. Yes. Oh, truly, truly. <laughs> Look at it. No, no, suck your arm. Oh, fuck. Can't can't die because they have nine lives. Email question. Thanks, Larita. Johnson Thank asks you. if we want to guest pass for Crunchyroll. Fuck you, Johnson. Yeah, honestly, get the fuck out of here. The next one's from Minto. And he says, uh, the Switch has no virtual console on launch. What kind of virtual console launch release do you think Nintendo is waiting for? Certain systems or games you think they're trying to get me... <clears throat> Excuse me. So I get for drinking Pepsi at this late or early. It's 1 a.m. now. Uh, maybe they're waiting until the GameCube emulator is just right to have it be in the first uh, batch, or maybe they're working on finishing up some sort of Mother 3 uh, to be ready, or maybe they want to have online working on the virtual console before they release it. Oh yeah, that's a thing they're doing. That comes out with online, what the fuck? Uh, what do you guys hope uh, will happen with the inevitable virtual console launch, and what do you think it? So honestly, at at, at first, I think what it's going to be is just NES, SNES, maybe sixty four. It's going to be all the games that you bought already, and you're going to have to buy again because they're still not in your account. Yeah. I think that this is one of the most adorably optimistic questions I've ever heard. I think that Nintendo is just being Nintendo again, yeah. and that it's just going to be a slow release of hey, it's. We're we're, we're six months of time. We're six months into the Switch. Are you fuckers ready to buy Mario Three? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yo, our friends at Capcom just uploaded Mega Man X to the virtual console, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's the same shit we went through with the Wii U. Honestly, if at some point they don't have GameCube on virtual console, they fucked up so hard. I I don't see it ha I see we happening before GameCube. I do too because that that's already that already exists. We virtual yeah. console exists. But like with with the Joy-Cons being able to replace Wiimotes, you know? Yeah. I think that we're going to see more of a focus on that first. Also like there's only like 10 GameCube games worth playing so that one can wait. I'll just play really? them on the Dolphin emulator personally. They could do a couple. They only ten go the GameCube games. The, okay, Rosin, they could do a couple, but it's Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. And you can't say games that are also on PS2 or other consoles. Also, see. I don't care if Soul Calibur 2 has Link. It's another. It's still the same game. But there's like melee. Which they Sun. probably won't do because they want you to buy the new Smash Brothers. Yeah, Sunshine. Okay, that's two. Luigi's Mansion. That's three. Star Fox Assault. No, that doesn't count. That one's not good. That's Continue. a good game. <laughs> it's not. You did not play hours upon hours of that multiplayer when you were in middle school like I did. No, <laughs> okay. because I was playing fighting games at the arcade. Sorry, but continue. Uh, Twin Snakes. Sure. Ah, uh, mm. the Skies one of with Arcadia the wasn't license, anything so. else, was it? Eternal what? Darkness. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that's how we won. I like that game, but I am less like the the. There's a weird thing where like the that the guy who was like, I don't want to like. There was a thing where they launched a Kickstarter for like a spiritual successor for that, and it was the same people. And like yeah. it stopped because like someone's in prison now for some really creepy shit. I can't. I I don't well, want to go into specifics because I don't want to get it wrong and falsely accuse anyone of doing something they didn't do. Um, but like I I can't remember. But someone who worked on the original Eternal Darkness and started a Kickstarter or was involved with the Kickstarter turned out to be super creepy. It, it, I don't remember it anymore. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, Eternal Darkness is so good. It's pretty good. My only thing is, like, man, those mansion gimmicks get all real fast. No, it's perfect. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's. I I enjoyed it for the time. It's a shame. It's definitely a shame of its time, but still really. It it could have really used like a new version that yeah. made it better, but oh well. Video games. What can you do? Who else is excited to play Super Bomberman R? I like Bomberman. Who's excited for Bomber Girl? Oh, yeah, that's a. Yeah. Next email. I'm actually. No, that, that was like really it, I think. Are you sure? Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, no, it was it was the last one that was sent to Antinomi's us. Antonomi's trying to subtly hint to you that he just sent an email. Yeah, and by a while, or by recently, you mean ten minutes ago. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not reading this. What a great ending to our podcast. It's like on the top three best endings, I think. You know, we were doing okay for a while. We had, like, two episodes with legitimate endings. We were improving. You, can, well, you know you can cut your podcast and give them good endings, right? No, but then they just cut off. We need the closure. Okay. The song that you, the, the song that you need to put at the ending of this one is Let's Start Us by Einar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and back him up on this. <laughs> wait, wait, what, what ending theme? Let's Start Us by Einar. Oh, that's gonna fucking get claimed in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, come on, just put just make put the nightcore version in. No, no. Ew. I have dignity. Okay, okay put put Emilia. Look for the song Emilia and put that one. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. Emilia's that, good. That's the best fight stay night song. No, I have a few that I like better, but that one's up there. Are we gonna but... talk about this for two and a half more hours? Yes. Rosin, what did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> You've been through the Yumi Neko Power Hour. You knew what was coming. No, I, I, I did. When are we going? When are we having the Yumi Neko Power Hour podcast? Oh God, never! If you guys want, I can hit I mean... the record button and walk away. <laughs> okay, if I give you a record of talking with Yumi Neko for ten hours, will you upload it? I don't give a. F- you act like I have standards. That's adorable. <laughs> You haven't had a, you haven't had a point five episode yet. I've yeah. honestly been waiting for an excuse for me to not be in a podcast I upload. Okay, sure. The next one will be the Mineco Power Hour. Be ready, people.
That's not Whenever happening. Whenever you guys want to send me the MP3, just let me know. Okay. I can't go through this again. You see, Sec, one day we're just going to talk about Lumineco and I'm going to hit that record button, you know? <laughs> and that's how it's going to happen. Oh, Yo, no. for real, people that are listening to this, fuck fate. Go read Lumineco. It's way, it's way better. You just had them go through all that for this. <laughs> what a what a finale. Yeah. And thus humanity was given a cruel reminder. It's like oh I thought you said cool reminder. <laughs> it was a pretty fucking it was a pretty neato <laughs> reminder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just end the fuck okay, okay, okay. I have to give a shout out. I have to give fucking You God. also follow the channel Dog Shit. Subscribe to that channel. Fucking that's right now. Okay, no. Ants know me, they're already subscribed to me. Okay, (laughs) it's this guy who uploads a video called I eat a picture of Jason Siegel every day until he eats a picture of me. And he's been doing it for ten days. And I and I love this person. He I want I want Jason Siegel to eat his picture. Please show him your support. Also, go watch Lasagna Cat. They released No, don't do that, actually. No, do. It's the worst thing in my life. Zach, please, after this podcast, you're watching Lasagna Cat. No. <laughs> I'm gonna go play near. I'm gonna go do anything that's not related to anything we talked about on this podcast. I have to, like, leave. I'm sorry. Now go. Let the legend come back to life. Yeah, you ended there, right? That's where you got it. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm gonna end it here now. Okay, there we go. Nice. Now we're good. Nice. Oh, boy. <sighs>